In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. If you want the truth and nothing but the truth, someone's got to set you straight. I told you money doesn't buy you class, but a diva has needs. See these? They didn't grow on trees. You got to make it on your own. I'm talking to you. You see these rings? They're mine. You see these shoes? They're Jimmy Choo's. See this faux fur? It's cruelty three, like me. Shut up. Well, let me tell you something, ladies. You deserve a piece of the pie. Your penthouse view in the sky. Oh my god, you guys. This song is so, so special. Live in you. Wow. Wow, goose pimples everywhere, you guys. Let's just sit with that as a group, shall we? And just really take in what we just heard and felt. Um, if you're in the Los Angeles area, that wasn't an earthquake. That was Viva La Diva. Whew. Countess Luann, Viva La Diva. That's Desmond Child featuring Countess Luann, which is exactly how it's billed. This is part two of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. What am I doing with my life? How have I gone crazy? I tried to cut these things down, and now I have two three-and-a-half-hour pods plus recap episodes on my Patreon. I'm a disgusting human being. I do not even know what's wrong with me. It's called mental illness, folks. That's what it's called, and I'm working on it. Uh, But until that happens, please enjoy this stuff. Enjoy all of this, these interviews, this comedy, this music, this drama. Viva La Diva, what's it about? Well, we're going to talk about what that's about. We're going to do a lyric breakdown of that just in a second. Uh, Of course, the main interview today on this podcast is Abby and Vanessa, the real moms of Bravo, and they're just amazing. We talk about the uh, episode one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, plus we dance around all the other Bravo shows, uh, talk a little bit about who they are, how they got together, both both amazing ladies, and happy birthday to Abby. It was her birthday today, I, so tomorrow's Wednesday, today, Tuesday was her birthday, so happy birthday, Abby, if you're, you're hearing this, uh, and uh, yeah, they are the main interview, and then we have my friend Jessica Joy. She just did the coolest thing. 
her and her friend Kyle just really broke down the Denise and Rena scene, and they did it in a film noir uh, style fashion, like a black and white kind of like, you know, Denise, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's, it's very heightened and amazing and special. I really wanted to talk to her about creating that, and she gives her opinions on a couple of things of the Bravo universe, because she's like us. She even used to have a podcast, but she uh, she'll be back on in a couple of weeks to do uh, more recaps because she's a kindred spirit and, and I just really enjoy talking to her. So she's on. Then of course you have a real housewives of New York breakdown of the season finale. So we'll do that as well. Uh, and then if you need more, if you want other recaps of real housewives of Potomac, real housewives of Beverly Hills reunion and below deck, you go right over to the Patreon and there's going to be full recaps waiting for you tomorrow. Or, I mean, today, Today is tomorrow. Yeah, so they'll all be there. So also, part one, if you missed that, Carrie O'Donnell, amazing. Buca de Beppo, I know the sound was a little messed up, but a really great experience. And of course, Jess Rothschild from Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Uh, what you can do for me, sign up for the Patreon. Leave a review if you can't do that. That's free. Uh, five stars if you could. Um, email me. Uh, follow me on Instagram. There's so many things I'm asking of you guys. So uh, let's get to the free stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. Viva la Diva. What's it about? What do you guys think it's about? It's it's really it's it's uh it's interesting, huh? Let's see. Let's look into these lyrics if we if we shall together. So we know the song is called Viva La Diva, and when I think of Viva La Diva, I immediately think of Mariah Carey, um uh, just Mariah Carey, actually. That's the only thing I think of. But Viva la Diva, Viva means live in uh, Spanish, I believe. So I'm not necessarily bilingual, but I do know Viva means live. So maybe that counts as bilingual. I'm not sure what the uh, the rules are on that. But let's just say I'm smart. So Viva, but Viva reminds me of revolution. It reminds me of that that there's a fight going on. And like, Viva la Revolution! You know, that kind of thing. It's very powerful. When I hear Viva, I think that's just so powerful. So that's what I think about when I when I first hear it. So let's get into the lyrics. It says, If you want the truth and nothing but the truth, someone's got to set you straight. And what I picture is I picture just somebody that is it, almost like a Kanye West type figure that you know, is so high on the horse that nobody is telling them the truth. He, you know, he or she has yes men all around them. It's like, yeah, you're so cool. You're so cool. But they're not really connecting. Like, you know, they're not telling this person the truth. And it's like, who is going to tell this person the truth about where they're at? And it goes, someone's got to set you straight. I told you money doesn't buy you class. So now I'm like, who is this? Who is this I? I told you money doesn't buy on class. No, money doesn't buy you class, but a diva has needs. So then in my book, I'm like, oh, so a diva is talking. It's somebody that just is as highfalutin as Kanye West, is has breathed that rarefied air, is somebody very huge. Um, so it, it could even be two gods, like a god talking to another god. And it's like, I told you this, but a diva has needs. And the diva's like, I told you this, but you got to know, I need, I, there's stuff, I need stuff too, you know? It's not just about you, because I have my needs. And it goes, see these? They don't grow on trees. 
And it's like, what, what is she talking about? See these, they didn't grow on trees. Like, is she talking about her boobies? Is she talking, see these, plural. So it could be eyes, it could be hands and fingers, it could be toes. See these, they didn't grow on trees. See these, they didn't grow on trees. So what does grow on trees? That's what we gotta, see that's when the song doesn't give it to us, we have to go down this, 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 this kind of hunt. So it grows on trees, you got leaves, you got apples, um, you got little cherub babies, I think. Is that, is that a... That's folklore or something. Uh, See these? They don't grow on trees. You got to make it on your own. I'm talking to you. So it's this, this person is talking to this other person. The other person isn't listening. And it's going, see these? They didn't go. And she's saying, look in my eyes. See these? Look at this. Look at, see. Hey, she's being intentional. See these? They didn't grow on trees. And the person's not turning around. When, and she's like, I'm wasting my breath, my good energy. I'm a very successful person. And it goes, you got to make it on your own. And then the person is still not turning around. It goes, hey, 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 buddy, I'm talking to you. I'm, don't, I, my time is money. I can bill thousands of dollars per hour and you're not even turning around? How dare you? And then that goes into the first verse and it goes, once upon a time, a woman walked two steps behind. And this is when it like, it's like a flashback to olden days when there, there was like a state law where women always had to walk at least two steps behind. And it's like, now we realize women can walk four steps ahead. And like, that's how far we've come as a nation. But it's like this person, this jackass she's talking to that won't even turn around and go, hey, dipshit. Remember when I walked two steps behind? And it goes, afraid to talk and speak her mind, kept it all inside. But those days are over. Listen, sister. And that's a big clue because that's when we realize, oh, my God, it's not a guy she's talking to. She's talking to another girl. And, oh, my God, she's talking to her sister. Wow. And that's when we realize this song is about the Hadid sisters, Gigi and Bella, both goddesses in their own right. So this, of course, is Bella talking to Gigi, because Gigi has just... No, it's Gigi talking to Bella, because Gigi's like, look at you, always doing things to your face, and like you're always hanging out with the weekend, and it's just like, our mother didn't raise us like this, okay? You know, those days are over. Listen, sister... Once there was a book of rules that told you how to look. And that's like the beauty system that they set up. They set up these standards of beauty that we all have to like, that all you ladies, you know, you feel pressure to accommodate. They created that. And it's like they're, they're falling victim to this own, their own rules. And it's like once there was a book of rules that told you how to look, they wrote that book. That's what that means. And then it says a dissing glance was all it took to push you to the side but they, those days are over. Listen, mister. And that's crazy because it's saying a dissing glance was all it took. And that's why the Hadid sisters did so much really amazing plastic work to their face. Like the best because, you know, especially Bella would get really hard looks from people like, ooh, what's that? You know, and then she was like, no, I'm going to make myself, you know, crazy eyed uh, like a cat eye, you know, and and then 
but those days are over. Listen, mister. And that's also revealing that Bella, especially, is all, always identified, has a lot of masculine energy. And that's the sister Gigi respecting, hey, sister, hey, mister. Like, they're just people. They're about souls. And I think that's amazing about the sisterhood of the Hadids. Um, and that's what this song is celebrating. And it goes, Viva la diva, viva la diva. Here's to the diva deep in you. Viva la diva, viva la diva. Let's give some diva attitude. Viva la diva, let me diva, let the diva live in you. And that's really, that's a really, it's a shout out, a very strong shout out to Yolanda Hadid, the matriarch of the Hadids. And it's saying like, hey, our mother expects more of us. Let Yolanda live in you. Let her take space up in your mind and your body and, 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 you know, don't disappoint Yolanda. All she wants is a bowl of lemons and a see-through refrigerator. She's worked so hard. Do not disappoint Yolanda, you know? And then verse two goes, don't you see the signs? Don't have to read between the lines. And that's just like, that's then Bella going to Gigi going like, don't you see the signs? don't have to read between the lines and that's just that's bella like just angrily you know hitting back at at uh, Gigi cuz Gigi can't read and it's like don't read between the lines and Gigi's like whoa wait a sec i'm trying to help you and you're talking about my reading ability why am i even doing this with you and then it goes cuz what i want is what is mine and that's bella really trying to reclaim who she is as a person cuz this whole time, she's just tried to live by by society's standards. And it's like, this is her saying, like, if I could redo all of my plastic surgery work, I would. If I could make myself that puffy-cheeked girl with normal, like, puffy eyes um, and just like a regular person, I would. I, I would give it all back to not have to sleep with the weekend. And... And, and she goes, I'm not ashamed. I never look back. But we know that's her being strong because we know that's all she does is look back. That's all, you know, and that's, we do that a lot in our lives where we're like, I, I won't think about you ever again. And then you think about that person, you know? And then it goes, so never give up and never surrender. And that's Gigi shouting back at Bella. So never give up then and never surrender. Because she's finally getting through to Bella, you know? And then it goes, Viva la diva, viva la diva. Here's to the diva deep in you. Let the diva live in you. And that's just, you know, of course, about the mom again. And then it goes, you see these rings? They're mine. You see these shoes? They're Jimmy Choo's. You see this faux fur? It's cruelty free like me. Shut up. And that's because this is, you know, each of these girls are trying to one-up each other. And they're going like, you see this? And the other one's like, you see this? You see this? And then all of a sudden, Yolanda comes in and goes, well, let me tell you something, ladies. You deserve a piece of the pie. Your penthouse, you in the sky. And that's the final moment when the mom is flown down. Yolanda is flown down in a wonderful white majestic robe on a white majestic unicorn stallion. And that's when Yolanda goes... Viva la diva, viva la diva. And then all the Hadid girls, all and the mother goes, here's to the diva deep in you. And then the girls are chanting, diva, diva, diva. And then all of a sudden, that's when we see a little, like a, a little version of David Foster come in. And all the girls goes, let's give some diva attitude. And they kick David Foster in the, the ass in the butt 
And it goes, Viva la diva, let the diva live in you. And then they all, all the Hadids, raise their arms up in a victory pose. And it's so stirring and beautiful. And we realize that it is an amazing song about sisterhood, about motherhood, about womanhood. And it's so amazing that me, a man, can really mansplain to you this song about womanhood. And I hope you guys appreciate that so much. So that, of course, was Viva La Diva, Countess Luann, well, Desmond Child featuring Countess Luann. And it's, who would have thought that was about the Hadids? When I first heard it, and I found it very clever that Desmond nor Countess Luann even said anything about the Hadids, even though I think it would give them more press. And I respect that about them because they're like, let's have the song speak for itself. And I, I bet, like, if I talk to Countess Luann tomorrow and I go, hey, if I said this, I go, hey, hey, Countess. She goes, hey, Ryan, what's up? And I go, one word, Hadids. And she'll be like, you figured it out, didn't you, Bailey? And I'll be like, always. And she goes, oh, always. <laughs> and then she goes, can you interpret money can't buy you class? And I go, huh, not for free, I can't. And then she goes, let the diva live in you. And then I'm an honorary diva. So that's amazing. Um, (laughs) You guys, are you ready for our first interview? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you is. Uh, Like I said, Real Moms of Bravo. You know them. You love them. They're at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram. They have like 35,000 followers. You guys probably already follow them. But if you don't, they're hysterical. Their stories are great. Uh, Vanessa is a new mother. So congratulations. They're both mothers. But they're both hysterically funny. They're good friends. They're just... um, they're just, don't you love it when people are just great people? You just get the sense that they're really good people. And those are two really great people that are hysterical. So please enjoy our conversation. Here are Abby and Vanessa, the real moms of Bravo. Oh, and, and go subscribe to their podcast if you don't. It's much shorter. I guessed it on one a couple, like a month or so ago, and it was amazing. I think it was only 40 minutes. Like, can you imagine? Ah, so lucky. Bye. Hey mama, this that shit that make you move, mama. Get on the floor and move your booty, mama. We the blast masters blasting up the jungle. Hey mama, this that shit that make you move, mama. Get on the floor and move your booty, mama. We the blast masters blasting up the jungle. So shake your bum, mama. Come on now, mama. This that shit that make you move, mama. Get on the floor and move your booty, mama. We the blast masters blasting up the jungle. You guys, I am so excited, as always, but I am super excited today. Not only did I just leave uh, my parents for a week with my parents, so obviously I'm just ecstatic to be in my own space again and not have my actual mom be telling me what to do nonstop. But speaking of moms, I have two of my favorite moms today with us. Um, I was on their podcast. I didn't get to speak to one of them because... True to the name of their podcast, she was actually busy becoming one. But today, I have Abby and Vanessa, the real moms of Bravo, joining today. How are you, ladies? Hi, we are so excited. This is so fun. No, great. Wait, that's no, just so the first voice you heard, that's Abby, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm Abby. (laughs) 
And I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ryan. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, so uh, I do. So their podcast, of course, you guys probably know them already. But if you don't, their podcast is called Real Moms of Bravo. Your their Instagram page is also Real Moms of Bravo. You guys know the Instagram page. Thirty four thousand of you follow it. But if you don't, let's get it up to like thirty five thousand. Let's get them like ten new followers so they'll like actually guest on the podcast again. But um, this is great. I was on the podcast about like a month or so ago with Abby, but Vanessa actually just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm, I listened to that episode and I had so much FOMO, but you guys, it was really fun. So I'm really excited to chat with you. But yeah, I have a baby. Her name's Camila. She's seven weeks old. She came eight weeks early, but we're all doing well, healthy and thriving. Now, uh, did you have any kind of, I guess, what were your first thoughts? And both of you guys, as you know, both moms, is that we got the huge Bravo news this week that um, I think we always expected she would become a mother. But Lala Kent uh, announced she was pregnant from Randall Emmett. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on that? I mean, honestly, our first thought was we were so happy for them uh, and we were happy for her. It's something she's talked about. I mean, at BravoCon, she was saying, I hope to be a mom soon. I want to have kids. And so it it seems like it was an easy journey for her. And that's always happy to hear. But I think the one thing that we were so shocked about was the amount of people like making fun of the fact that Brittany and Katie weren't pregnant. I'm like, you guys, you can't make fun of someone's fertility. That's like, I read that on your guys's Instagram page and it's so weird. And I come from it from like a, a, a guy, you know, unfortunately sometimes I'm a guy like, and so like <laughs> I, I will, I'm also a child and I'll go for like the, I didn't make that joke, but I saw that joke. And of course, like, yeah, I was like, haha, that's funny. Not realizing. I sometimes don't realize these are real people. Um, and you that is something actually very specific to every woman's journey. It's like Ariana says it in Vanderpump Rules about, you know, I'm more than just asking if I'm going to have a baby. Yeah, it's like I feel like that's the one thing. It's like once you get married, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And then you have one. And I swear to God, like you'll be two days out of the hospital. Have you thought about a second? Like, <laughs> I am like, no, I don't even realize I have a first right now. Give me a minute. Like it is. It's a lot. <laughs> well, Vanessa, we so you just had a baby. Like, I feel like if you just had a baby, like the quarantine doesn't almost exist because you're like, like for me, it's like, what did you do the last six months? And I really can't point you to a lot of things, but you actually brought a living human being on this earth. So it's almost like the quarantine, like you, you thrived, even if that isn't the case. I mean, I feel like quarantine is maternity leave and I'm super <laughs> extroverted and hate being stuck in my house. So I feel like I've been on an extended maternity leave for a while, but I've accepted 2020 for what it is and going on walks and target pickups and going through drive throughs I feel like I've gone through every single drive through that I can find. But yeah, no, having a kid in this day and age and 2020 it's really weird with the pandemic and masks and rules around who can visit and who can't it's it's a strange time yeah i mean definitely a strange time and it's even stranger when like i was sitting uh at like one in the morning editing the podcast this week and that lala news broke and i don't know if you ladies feel like this with bravo news that it seems to come so hot and heavy and especially during quarantine that you're like oh man i can't take this whole day of lala news like you it's almost like you're a reporter then especially with your instagram cuz you're like too much bravo stuff is happening sometimes i feel yeah well i saw you post i was 
feeding Camila. It was like three in the morning, our time. And I saw that you posted that she was pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh. So I immediately shared it. But I feel like since we are, I'm more glued to my phone, given the nature of our Instagram account and podcast, but I do feel like we're trying like jumping on things immediately and like kind of do feel like reporters in a way sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there's, I, I've been glued to my phone, especially nonstop because of the quarantine. And it is weird because then you see all of us Bravo Instagram accounts either making a same, trying to find a different way to make the same joke or reporting news. So you're just reading the same news over and over again. And I almost feel like we should get together as a group and kind of round robin this of like, hey, Real Moms of Bravo, you take Thursday news. I'll take Friday news. Uh, mainly Bravo can do the weekend. Like, I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's so much sometimes. I mean, when Dorinda left, I think I would love to get a count on the amount <laughs> of Dorinda leaving memes. It's got to be close to a thousand because I mean... I saw some accounts do five or 10 and I get it. Like it's a range of emotions when this stuff happens, but it is funny. I mean, we all do put the same stuff out there, but then at the same time we're sharing everyone's stuff too, because it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Well, do you ever, uh, do you ever talk to other friends and they have no idea what Bravo even is? And you're like, it's your, it's my whole existence at this point. And then you talk to like somebody and you're like, Hey man, Dorinda left today. It's a bad day. And they're like, who is Dorinda? I think that's why we were so happy when we started this podcast and then got into like the Bravo world, which is its own little family and talking to other people that actually care about these things where like the rest of the world is like, so what? It's a person on a TV show and we're heartbroken over it. Or, you know, when someone's pregnant, we're freaking out and we're so happy, but you don't even know these people, but I do. I feel like I know them. Or like a housewife follows or comments. Oh, we're like freaking oh, out. We're always like, oh my god, oh my god, shared this. Countess Luann tagged like one of like tagged my personal account in a photo yesterday, and I almost I wasn't driving, but I almost felt like I should drive off the road because I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I've 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 made it. This is insane. Like, and obviously I I've not anywhere near made it, but like it made me feel so good, and then at the same time scared because I'm getting like. I get scared if I go too hard on somebody, they're going to see it. And then I have to explain that I, that I'm, I, cr- I, cr- like treat this like WWE wrestling, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm like afraid to tag housewives sometimes, even if it's funny and it's like, I'm, I'm being like nice about them. Cause I've also created memes where I call them boring or lame and I don't want them to explore my page and see the bad stuff. Well, at the end of the day, I think we're the ones that are boring and lame. And we, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, um, you speak about a Bravo universe. How did you ladies get together? What is everybody has an origin story? What is your origin story? How how did you guys create all of this? Well, Abby and I met in college. We went to the University of Missouri. Go Tigers! M I Z. I have Z-O-U. no idea. That feels like a <laughs> that feels like a sports reference. I have no idea what you're saying. It, that is a sports okay. reference. Someone listening will understand. Uh, we met in college, journalism school. Our sororities were across the street. We, I don't even know how we discovered a love abroad. So we were friends, like more socially in college. And then after college, we became better friends and closer friends and bonded over Bravo. I don't even know how it necessarily came up, our Bravo love, but I feel we like we always were just liked like, it. Yeah, we were at a bar one night and like, I, I actually, no, I totally remember this now. It's coming back to me. We were at parties in the park and Clayton, anybody from St. Louis remembers parties in the park. It's what is that, you did. Is like a band, like a band would play and you would get it's together. Like an and, outdoor. Okay. It was like an outdoor, there was like beer, alcohol vendors on Music. Wednesday and it was all like young professionals. So you would go when you were like 25, you'd go after work, you'd see people there. 
sealed hookups, look for new hookups. And we were sitting <laughs> Wait, that's what? Yeah. That's what do you do when you're 25? Like, who, who can I hook up with next? Is this early 2000s? When is this? Uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I feel old. I and, uh, I remember saying like, I got to get going because I want to get home before housewife starts. And you're like, oh my God, I'm obsessed too. And then that's what started it. We were just always and talking about it. We've always talked about it. We submitted it. Uh, we've hosted this on our page, but we entered a Bravo contest. Um, I don't know when 2012, I don't, I think it was somewhere in that time frame to go to watch what happens live and Brie acted. Luann and um, I'm blanking Alex. on Alex's Alex. Herman oh. Munster shoes, the Louboutin shoe conversation at the coffee <laughs> shop. We reenacted that. And uh, yeah, with we wigs. always with wigs. Yes. Oh my gosh. With horrible <laughs> wigs. Wait, did you win? No, no. <laughs> we were super pissed with the rules too. Cause we we're like, ah, we followed the rules. We were within 60 seconds and the winner went over and all these. It was Wait, awesome. is this, is this on your Instagram page? It is. Yeah. It is on our Instagram page. We put it out there. Luann, I brought you here to talk about with what happened in Marrakesh. I came to talk to you in a calm manner, and you brushed me off like a thug in a Moroccan cocktail dress. Darling, clearly you have not read my book on manners. You didn't even address me as a countess that evening. You need to listen to my song on class. Elegance is learned, my friends. You are so rude. Rude? condescending darling i have been nothing but gracious with you i have taken you to places where i vacationed with presidents royalty places you never would have seen had you not left the cupboard you came out of you're not even listening to me luann i'm done being friends with you and your herman munster shoes herman munster those are louboutins well, darling, even Louboutin makes mistakes. Ryan, insert clip of uh, the Real Moms of Bravo Instagram clip from the show. Okay, go. But, but uh, yeah, no. It, and then, so Abby and I have always bought, continued to talk about Bravo. And we've always seen, we started to see some meme accounts. We saw, you know, like Two Judgy Girls is obviously famously known in the Bravo world. And we're like, man, we should have done a podcast or done an Instagram account. And then one day we're like, you know what? There's a million true crime podcasts and a million true crime things. Like there's obviously room for more. <laughs> and why not do something Bravo related that's more specific to moms being moms? We wanted to keep it short, 30 ish minutes. And we're like, let's just go for it. So we started it nearly, is it almost two years ago? November 2018. Yeah, is when we started right after Abby had her second. And it's been the most fun ride ever since. And that was even like the Instagram account and the podcast started at the same time. Yeah, we didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, if you look at some of our early posts, I mean, honestly, we would just like do horrible photoshopping. We didn't even do memes for like the first couple of months. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea. We, we the intent was the podcast first and then the Instagram and then the podcasting part, and Ryan, I'm curious your thoughts. The podcasting part is easy, fun. Like it's it's more challenging to grow, but it's you know you record, share your thoughts, and edit it and put it out there in the world. Growing an Instagram page takes a lot of work, and being the type A competitive people that we are, <laughs> it became like something that we wanted to tackle and figure out that algorithm. And then it I still man that algorithm. I still haven't. You know, I mean, do you notice how like. I mean, this is a little inside baseball for those listening at home, but do you notice how your podcast posts will do way less than, and I mean, maybe that's just, they don't, they hate my podcast, but it feels like the algorithm doesn't place those podcast posts 
with your other posts? Do you feel that sometimes? Yeah. Or like videos don't do well. Videos are really hit or miss sometimes. It's like people like pictures better than a video. I don't know. We still can't figure out, like, do we hashtag? Do we not hashtag? Oh, the do hashtags. Tag I, do hashtags even yeah. work? I guess, like, no. I never go on and go, <laughs> I need to see who's posting about broccoli today. Hashtag broccoli. <laughs> like, I don't ever do that. No, we don't. We used to hashtag all the time, and now we've stopped and gone on the wild side, and it's, like, even riskier. Like, it's kind of, you get a high to know, like, is this going to do well or is yes. this not? You're going to know well, in the first 60 seconds. <laughs> yes, exactly. And do you ever do the ones that are, like, this one's just for me. Nobody's going to get this one, but this one's for me. <laughs> no, the worst is when you're like, this is amazing. Like, we'll make a meme yes. like, oh, my God. Like, Vanessa and I are dying of laughter. We post it, and we're like, we've gotten 10 likes in an hour. Like, why Why does no one else think this is funny? And everybody says, like, well, you know, you're if you're letting it personally affect your life, then you should step away from it. And I'm like, you stop it. It is my life. This is like this is everything I'm basing it on is my mom said last night at dinner. She goes, I noticed some of your posts will get a lot of likes and some of your posts will get little likes, little to no likes. And I was like, thank even my mom is paying attention to my algorithm. <laughs> It's like, thanks, mom. Thanks for pointing it out. But it's like, it's addicting because once you have those posts that we say like blow up, that like take off that you don't expect, then you're like looking for that next one. Yeah. And it's, it's usually it's the simplest. Bubble. It's the simplest idea sometimes. It's like all you, it's like that. Those are the ones that take off and you're like, that was nothing. That was like an off. That wasn't, there was no thought involved in that. Our top three performing memes of all times are literally ones that we thought of in seconds. I'm like, uh, it might do okay. And then we're like, what? It'll get like 8,000 likes. I'm like, it literally took me 10 seconds to do this. And there's somewhere I spend hours and it gets 20 likes. But well, I love that. I life. love that you're talking about this though, because it's so true is that I, I, it's so disturbing that I'm starting to consider this my art and I'm like going through like, like phases like Picasso. And I'm like, Ooh, yes. If you look at my earlier work, you saw like a, a naivete, <laughs> but now as I'm growing into it, my, my Rina memes are becoming very sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> You're evolving. I really enjoyed your unsolved mysteries meme. Oh, that you did recently. shout out to Maritza. I have a Maritza is one of like she helps me if I have like an idea like that. She'll make it beautiful because I don't know like like my, my Photoshop is I can put a head onto a body, but she will like take it to the next level and like make my stupid idea like art. And I just like that's. But I consider this like you guys. You admit you take this seriously, right? Yeah, I mean, I take it more seriously than my own job that actually pays me, which is really sad. But, but it's so fun. It's such a yeah. fun outlet. I think what's, and I don't, Ryan, you tell us if you kind of feel the same way, but I think it's been, one, it's been amazing to connect with people like you and just talk to people about Bravo and just talk about dumb stuff that people in my inner circle do not care yeah. about. And then it's just a fun outlet. Like, it's just, I get, it's fun. It's crazy what inspires you, you know, like, I... And you just kind of create it and just kind of see what it does. It's silly. I'm not an outside of making memes. I'm not an artist. I work with a lot of creative people, but I'm not someone who can draw or paint yeah. or not a singer. Not so. Wait, this by is the way, yet, art. yet. Why are you? It still could happen, Vanessa. Like you're, you're, you're in your prime. Like. I mean, there is I, still time. I do want to be an actress when I retire and be into Depends commercials. So I guess there's still time. <laughs> well, hey, you're going to have to fight that away from Rinna. So um, uh, speaking of Rinna, let's uh, let's move into like Bravo, the actual shows. Uh, you know, do you watch all the shows on Bravo right now? 
some more religiously than others. Like I will, like I just caught up on million dollar listing LA. So I like some of them I'll wait and I just binge them over a weekend, but housewives used to be Vanderpump rules for sure. Summer house, Southern charm. Those are the ones like we religiously watch like live. Hello, Jack. Oh yeah. I, I kind of, I really dig below deck mad and maybe it's just the, I mean, I, I, it infuriates me every week, but I think I love that change of like, ooh, the ex- I, I feel like I could sail a yacht at this point. Like that's the the when you know the show is good, when you're like, ooh, all they do is they raise the lines and then they lower the lines. And I feel like I could I could be Captain Sandy at this point. You just need a good bosun. You got it. He could be Captain Sandy. I like yeah, and I love like I know the like, oh, first stew and chief stew and second stew. Um, do you watch you watch Potomac, of course, right? Oh, love it. Yes. We're late converts to Potomac. Moni, um, after talking to her several times in the beginning of this quarantine, we both dove in and started to watch. Once upon a time, when we were spoiled with Bravo content, there would be like, I'd be like three different housewife franchises going at the same time on top of like a Vanderpump Rules and something else. So it was really hard for us to keep up with everything. But 2020 has given us the gift of Potomac. And I'm so glad that we are on board yeah i'm not getting off this train it's the exact same way for me i'm a new convert to potomac it's one of those shows that we all i talk about this every week how we all were told to watch it but personal viewing habits especially when all these shows are on are so tough to like pick up a new show but i did i totally am in love with it now but i also love the fact that you're like i talked to Monty. i love the thought of like our friends like calling us of like hey i'm gonna really need you to pick up potomac and like (laughs) over multiple phone calls she finally convinced me to do it but um this week this week was insane because we had, and I really want to get your opinion on this as two mothers. We had Dr. Wendy and Ashley in what I imagine you ladies have gone through something similar at some point in regards to, you know, Ashley is a new mother and she brought her um, little Dean on the trip, which by the way, are you ladies like me where I, I unfortunately do not like little Dean already because he looks like Michael Darby. Like I think that baby is bad and I hate to say that cause all babies are good, but I don't like Michael Darby at all. Who does like Michael Darby? We said it on our podcast this week. Davina from selling sunset would be the only person who would like Mark Michael Darby. <laughs> Davina's be like, you gotta give him a chance. I don't <laughs> know why everybody's. Oh my God. Davina. Don't even get me started. I, yeah. I, okay. So, um, they had this argument that uh, Ashley brought her baby because Monique uh, let her bring her baby or invited her to. But Dr. Wendy is on her third child and she pumped all this milk. She prepared for the trip and did not know that Ashley was going to bring her baby and it be- caused a huge fight. Did you ladies relate to that in any way? And who is right in that argument? So I think, OK, so we talked about this. I think if you evaluate it based on the argument of should you be mad at Ashley for bringing her baby or be on Wendy's side? I don't think anyone's on Wendy's side. I think people just don't like the fact that Michael forced Ashley to bring the baby. So they're, they're going to Wendy's side, but they're not really evaluating the whole argument. I just think for Wendy, she seems like someone who's very tough. And Vanessa said, she doesn't want to show weakness or show vulnerability. So to say my baby was in the NICU, I didn't bring her home for several weeks to be away from her kills me shows a little bit of like a softness to her that she doesn't want to show. So instead of doing that, she just lashed out. That's what we think happened. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, and 
But it is, I, I love that you said that, like, Dr. Wendy is so, I, I keep talking about, like, how impressive her resume is to the point where I don't even know why she wanted to be on this show, because I feel like, I mean, how is MSNB gonna, MSNBC going to have her as a commentator when, like, you're, like, yelling now at, like, a ripped booty hole lady, and, like, <laughs> I mean, like, it just seems like check, weird. Check, 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 check. Yeah, gone with the wind, Wendy. Gone with the wind, Wendy. Like, and what did she mean by people like you call me Doctor Wendy? At the very last line, what did that even mean? I mean, did that it mean sounds like, that like you're not my friend and you're going to address me by Doctor Wendy? Like if I were to introduce myself to you, I'm Doctor Wendy, and you would call me Doctor Wendy. We're not on a friendly level, is how I interpreted that. I also interpreted it as like you're almost like a peasant compared to me. But I guess I maybe I'm doing it too intensely i don't know i'm sure there's truth to that too i mean she was pretty intense in her reaction so i'm sure she is intense in her um (laughs) by saying that i i just don't think i mean it's very uh i mean we all know like you just said michael darby like that scene with michael darby and ashley of her like you know come on babe you have to take the baby the baby can't be away from you for three days babe you know that needs it needs the milk and we know that michael darby wants to to just go and party. So he's, he's like making her feel bad into taking the baby. So it was like the weirdest scene that I've ever seen, like a perfect example of how a guy can get into a lady's head and make them feel wrong for doing everything right. And why can't like, this is what I noticed from Instagram too, is that the majority of my listeners and, and people that I have the, the, that I'm lucky enough to talk with on Instagram every day are uh, females, young mothers, mother, like all sorts of people. And they're always like pro women. We got to stand behind each other. We got to stand. But then you see a show like this and it's like, wait a sec. Why can't all these ladies get together and go, Dr. Wendy, I totally, I get your frustration, but like you, have you, do you know Michael Darby? Like, do you know what he's doing to her? Like, could you have a little sympathy in that? Like, I mean, I feel like if we could almost show them the show as they're doing the show and like treat it like, like, okay, this is the defensive move you're doing. It it just feels weird that like, why aren't we then all coming together as women and and her, especially having her third child, knowing how, I I don't know. Am I, am I confused? You're making sense. I think Ashley though, didn't want to say in front of the women that Michael didn't want to be home. Like she doesn't want to share that information. But they all know it. Did you see Karen Huger's look in the car when they said, when Karen's like, well, why, why didn't, you know, oh, did Michael, <laughs> and, and Karen gave a look to the ladies like, oh, we right. know, we know what's going on. Yeah, 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 no, that's totally right. That's true. That's definitely true. Ashley confuses me on so many levels. She's a very dynamic housewife because on one hand, she's, you know, strong, likes to stir the pot like no one else call people out but then when it comes to her relationship and her husband she backs down and it's a little submissive I would never ever one I wouldn't marry a man like Michael Darby but if my husband spoke to me the way that he did I would tell him to fuck off and take the baby (laughs) and I'm out Wait, by the way, that's that's breaking news. Vanessa, everybody out there, Vanessa will never marry a man like Michael Darby. That's breaking news. (laughs) Breaking news. Very important. (laughs) I would marry a Michael Darby for sure. I mean, Abby, we knew that. Abby, we knew that. We knew that. That's not even. (laughs) No, I mean, that like the thing that made me so sad is like, I feel like as a new mom, you put so much pressure on yourself anyway. You assume you are doing everything wrong because you have no idea what you're doing. There's no manual, like everyone says that, but like, honestly, there really is there. You get no guidance at all. And so then what made me so upset is, and I get Dr. Wendy was missing her daughter, but like, she's been a first time mom too. She knows what it's like 
to have a hard time leaving. Yeah, I like just empathy, I empathy. Yeah, like the empathy wasn't there. Love that. And I think in the mom world, there's already so many things that divide us. Like, do you formula? Do you breastfeed? Are, are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you a working mom? And it's like, God, like there's already so many other things that divide us. Let's not let it be like, do you take your baby on the girl's trip? Or are you a, you know, someone who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, and also like, I mean, for moms do, I mean, as you, as you grow into motherhood, do you want your kids on the mom trip or do you don't want, you don't want your mom kids, right? Or is that a, I don't, I don't want to yeah, be ignorant. No, you don't want your kids you don't on the mom trip. I, I get, so when Wendy started talking about it in the clip, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like Wendy. Like I would totally give a friend, be the right kind of friend, a little shit for bringing their kid. I'm like, oh really? Like, why couldn't you like have your husband watch him? I would kind of approach it that way. But with a stranger, I wouldn't, but no, you don't want your kids at all. You want to be able to get shit faced, go to bed at 11 and sleep in past seven o'clock. Like that's, that's what moms want to do. You want to get a little wine drunk or get some white claws, whatever your poison is and have a good time. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm an honorary mom then. I love to get a little wine claw drunk and like, white claw drunk. And, um, the, the, do you think, like you said, Dr. Wendy, you know, you had mentioned that, you know, she is unrelenting and she doesn't show that soft side and stuff like that, you know, and, and I think that's sometimes those highly successful people, that's why they're almost highly successful is because they do, they are take no prisoners all the time, almost to the, you know, almost to the detriment of their personal life. They're just nonstop. I mean, look at her job. She's basically debating and commentating on politics, which it's like, it's hold your position and defend it and don't ever show a sign that you think you're wrong. So, I mean, that could be really challenging just to have a normal everyday conversation with her. Um, in my Patreon this week, uh, which I want to talk about your Patreon in a second is I had, was recapping Potomac and you had mentioned, you know, having your first child and not really knowing what to do. Like I was starting to get palpitations recapping Potomac because I was thinking about like Monique had that monologue about all the work that it takes to get out of the house, including, of course, you know, taking care of T'Challa. Um, but it really is. I'm a guy. I'll never hold. I'll never carry a baby unless something medically goes completely wrong. I'll never like carry a baby in my stomach. I don't even know what that's like. But even to think about caring for a child, I don't even. And this is not me like like kissing butt to ladies or anything like that. But I just don't understand it really seemed, and not to freak you guys out. I don't want to get, throw you into panic, but it seems like it seems close to impossible. It seems close to impossible. I, I feel like I'm about to cry right now. It seems impossible. <laughs> it it is. I mean, it, here's the, at the end of the day. Like, there's no perfect mom. Any mom you talk to, she's like, oh well, I, I tend to yell, or I'm not the best at this. It's like there's no perfect mom, and I don't think social media has helped at all because you see these like influencers, super moms, these super- yeah, super moms are these Pinterest moms. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad that you enjoy cutting sandwiches into little stars and hearts and putting it into your kid's bento box every night. <laughs> well, you're also meal prepping for your entire family in your spotless kitchen. Me on the other hand, I'm like in the morning, I'm like, Oh, you know what? This mac and cheese is not gross yet. You've got one more day. That's your lunch. Like it, we're all different, but I, it is. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. If you're the mom that makes the stars and it's okay. If you're the mom that gives your kid day five mac and cheese, like yeah. <laughs> it's all acceptable. <laughs> My mom used to send me to school with little cans of Vienna sausages. And then I was the gross kid with like pulling Vienna, like gooey. You're like, guys, Vienna sausages has the goop in it. And then I was made fun of being like the goopy kid that was pulling Vienna sausages out of like a little tin. But hey, there's room for that mom as well. 
Uh, I mean, it's Tokyo cheese too. It's kind of like she was like starting you with like a charcuterie board in a way. Like no, that's pretty fancy. Well, and also she was making my th- my skin very thick from being made fun of. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I said Patreon. You guys have a Patreon as well. Is that right? We do. Yeah. And, and we just put a lot of random unfiltered thoughts out there. <laughs> and so like it's just patreon.com for uh, slash real moms of Bravo. Is that where we can find that? Yep. Yeah. And do you guys have weekly content, monthly? What do we, is there, is this an OnlyFans like Sonia? What are we doing? <laughs> We're probably bordering OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> no, we, I, I want to know, has, like, do you know anyone who's actually paid to be so in Sonia's OnlyFans? No, I said, I said that last week, if Sonia would follow me, I'll go on her OnlyFans, but I guess she conveniently ignored that post. <laughs> but also I don't like the OnlyFans thing scares me because they're starting to get more reality stars and stuff. And I just, I just want one thing like that where I can just say completely away from like I want like cameos fine. Like all, I'm like all for cameo, but I think OnlyFans and no, and then really no offense to like sex workers. I'm pro all of that. Everything. I just don't, I feel, I feel if I told somebody I was on OnlyFans and then said just for Sonia Morgan, that's like saying you like, <laughs> like my dad said he read Playboy for the articles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but on our Patreon, we do, um, we have bonus content with Bravo experts. Uh, I'll put up some big, I'm a big, big brother fan. Or I don't know. Do you do big brother? No, I choose to have somewhat of a life and I hear that yeah. like 24 hours a day. Like, <laughs> and by the way, I, I don't have a life, but I just don't want to <laughs> do 24 hours a day. And so we'll, I put some of my big brother recaps up there. Um, and so, yeah, basically, I mean, if we get Bravo experts like yourself and other influencers on there and just talk. Bravo. We put it out on Patreon. So oh that, my God, um, please let me do one of your Patreon episodes. Yeah. Please. I'll, it's all get unfiltered. Yeah. It's, so unfiltered it's re- real moms of Bravo after dark. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mom's gone wild. Um, so, you know, your, your Instagram account is so successful. Do you have a lot of mothers that do ask you for advice? I mean, away from Bravo. Surprisingly, like, I feel like we're not really like mom experts, but people like I'm expecting my first, I'm expecting my second. What? And I think part of it is though, too, it is like this really weird. uh, And I, I don't think you'll ever go through it, Ryan, but it is a bonding moment to know that like, once you're a mom, we all kind of went through a similar journey, even though like, you're going to be a different type of mom. And there's no two moms that are the exact same. So there is like this sense of like, it's just like this bond, like it's intense having a kid, like the actual physical part of it. So uh, you do, it's just like you do have this connection. And so we really appreciate that and love that. But it is, it is kind of uh, humbling at times when people ask us for advice. It's very humbling. And even when I was going through um, Camila being in the NICU, I received so many messages of support from our little community and people who love Bravo, who happen to go through that experience, giving me encouraging words, advice. Like, it's just awesome. I feel like that's like the good side of the internet. You know, like that's what I like the mom community. We're not, it's not as toxic as Twitter can be, but thankfully Instagram, the bubble that we're in and the moms that we've talked to, it's been like really, we're all kind of lifting each other up and asking advice. Like Abby um, did a strip, not a, only fans type strip but stripping <laughs> laundry and that like blew up and that oh, really yeah. brings a community together if you want to have like a million dms talk about stripping um, <laughs> your sheets, not your clothes uh, but it's just it's yeah it's been like fun conversation and it is extremely humbling i think abby and i like joke like we love what we do on the side and it's fun but walking down the street no one knows 
none of my neighbor, one of my neighbors just found out that, about this page, but no, any, most people do not know that we do this. We don't really showcase it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess, I mean, my friends, like my actual friends, a lot of them don't even watch Bravo. So they have no, like, they just think like, Oh, that's the weird guy. Like, you know, my guy friends, I'll usually, well, when I was able to like hang out with people, like their girlfriends or wives, I would always be able to talk to, you know, like they'd be like, Oh, uh, my, our buddy Bailey likes that stuff. You should talk to him. And then I would find (laughs) myself into it, like an hour conversation about like Jack's Taylor or something, you know? It is so funny though, because guys will be like, Oh, you should talk to my wife. She loves Bravo. I can't stand it. And then five minutes later, they love so it. What do, you, what do you think about? And like my husband one time, I will never forget this. He pretends like he doesn't watch any of it. And then like a commercial came on for the next Bravo episode. And he's like, God, Vicky is horrible. I'm like, if you know she's horrible, you're watching this without me. Like, <laughs> um, well, speaking of Vicky, we just had, um, uh, either it's a blessing or a curse. We had the Real Housewives of Orange County trailer. Uh, for this new season drop, I think that was everything blends together. Was it yesterday or two days ago? It was yesterday. Oh yeah. my god, it feels so long, it feels so <laughs> long ago. What were your wait? And by the way, do you guys? Do you, may I suggest you guys doing something where you uh, watch it together at the same time, and we get to see your facial reactions while you watch the trailer for like new trailers? That's good Patreon content. I'm telling you, we should do that. We, we should, should do, that. do that. No, that's a great idea. Thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah. Well, it's like I used to watch those YouTube videos of like girls watching the Twilight preview, and they would just end up like sobbing because they'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, Edward." Um, what were your overall thoughts, initial thoughts on it? It gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I don't know. I think knowing the COVID, I don't, I don't know. I will say I've Abby between the two of us. I like to call her the OC expert because once upon a time, that's like the franchise that she was a ride or die on for me. I'm the last couple of years. I've just kind of given up on OC. I'm hanging by a thread a little bit. I love Bronwyn very biased in that opinion, but love Bronwyn. Um, I don't know. I'm glad it's 12 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that it's like considered now a limited series like HBO yeah. does, you know. It's I'm like- glad it's twelve episodes. I already don't like Kelly Dodd. I feel like I'm gonna hate her even more. Don't know about this new housewife. I don't know. I, I'm in I'm intrigued, but I'm cautiously optimistic. What about you, Abby? So this was like my, I mean, to me, this is the original. It's uh, Roni is my absolute favorite. I yes. we talked about this. Like yes. I so if anyone says something negative about Roni, I will, I will defend it. OC, it's like, I want, I want to believe we can get it back to where it used to be. I'm after seeing this, I think we're, we're definitely nearing the end of this franchise. Like it's it potentially the world too. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the end of the world as we know it with Bravo and with life in general, I would have loved. So I felt like, and I know it's hard for them because you can't give it away too much and you want to bring us in, but so many world events have happened and yes they touched on COVID a little bit but I would have loved to see more of like people like freaking out in their house because they're going crazy or Kelly Dodd basically telling people that COVID doesn't exist you would you would want to see that Abby I wanted I wanted to see that in the preview because we know that she was doing all this like we we saw her say it on her Instagram I felt like Bravo tried to give us the safe version. And the problem is this show is so boring. Like they can't be safe right now. I think they should have shown something with black lives matters where 
Kelly Dodd wasn't supporting that. And I know that she got in fights with castmates over it. Like, well, that, I would have loved to see clips of that. That's really interesting. And I, I'm curious. I mean, we still don't know if that won't be in it. But the trailer, you know, it's like the trailer does what the trailer does. You know, that's what they do is they try to make it exciting. They do the, you know, scenes and they're like, wait, let's take it back a notch. And then they rewind yeah. back and show it's like Bravo's some, new thing. It's some like, funny scenes. And then we yeah. get into the drama. My My one question, I guess, is or my one thought is when I started to see the COVID stuff, I just don't know if I'm, and this is not a joke in any way. If I'm mentally prepared to watch people that I believe somewhat to be ignorant, to give them any kind of platform. I mean, it could either go away. It could make them, it could celebrate them and give a voice to ignorant people, or it could become a real dark comedy and make them look like the biggest idiots ever. And we all have a laugh, but at the end of the day, we're all living through it right now anyway. So it's not going to be funny. So it cancels it out. It cancels that humor out, you know, because we're actually living through it. This is still going on. So I feel like it leaves itself in a really, really tough spot. Well, and also it's kind of hard because at times that I I saw a lot of Bravo people going on their Instagrams and saying like, to be safe, you know, our house managers and nannies are no longer and, you know, in our home, we're still paying them. And, And I get, you know, I send my kids to daycare. It was hard not like having daycare closed, but it's hard for me to have sympathy for people who like the biggest struggle of COVID was the fact that they had to clean their own house. Like my biggest struggle was the fact that I was working a full-time job. I had two little kids at home. I couldn't take them anywhere. So they're bored out of their minds. We're all going crazy. I can't see my friends to vent to. Like that's like the real part of it. So I don't know. I think if they showed it in a real way, I might actually connect with some of these women, but I'm afraid it's going to be a lot of like Kelly Dodd saying, you know, oh my gosh, it's empty downtown. I better fly to New York to see my boyfriend. It's like, I I can't relate to that. Well, we know Shannon Bedore and her daughters all got COVID. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel, I'm so scared we're actually going to see and the transference of them getting crow. Like, we're going to actually see it in real time or something, so you know? Emily, Emily got it, too, right before their trip. They're supposed to go to a lake house, and Emily and Shannon aren't there. Shannon was the only one who, like, publicly confirmed it, but there were a lot of rumors that Emily got it, too. Which, honestly, though, I feel like Shane would fall into that camp of somebody who would say, like, it's a hoax, it's fake, and would, like, force Emily to go grocery shopping while he's at home. Uh, I mean, I just, yeah, I just, oh yeah. I mean, Shane sucked even before COVID. It's not like this is going to make him any better. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, it it does scare me though. Like in 12 episodes means that they really did probably have real, uh, issues, not only with COVID, but with storylines. But then you have, on the other hand, did you guys see that those lives with uh, Vicky and Tamara of like, ha ha, you needed us. And I was like, no, we didn't need you. Like, it's just like, don't act like you. I love when, I love when Bravo Liberties act like they brought the star power when it's like, no, this is a, sh- you're, you're manipulated by a show. Like there's no, you're not star. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't like that. I need people to realize the truth, you know? Well, and I mean, it was a global pandemic. I think even if Icky Vicky and Tamrat were there, it, we still would have gotten 12 episodes, maybe 13. I don't know, but we wouldn't have gotten 22. Like we're used to getting. I'm glad we're not getting 22. I have <laughs> low expectations of OC. I just, I don't know. I think like Beverly Hills, I think everything we saw was in the previews. Yeah. I'm curious to see, and, or in the trailer, I should say. I'm curious to see if anything more comes in, into that. Um, but I don't know. I, we love Bronwyn. We have a. She's dope. I mean, yeah, she, I have, have a, a I, I want to talk. I really, her. oh my God. My dream is to talk to her one day on the podcast. Like that's, yeah. she's so, she seems just 
down for anything. Like, wait, that actually looked cool. And the, uh, the trailer is, um, um, Jacob, her, her yeah. Son. Yeah, yeah, no, she's awesome. She's amazing. And she's been doing so much for black lives matter. And we've had a lot of side conversations with her. So I, I hope they portray her story and they do her right. Cause I, there's a lot of, um, evolution for her that's going to happen. So I hope that we truly get to see that play out. But like Abby said, I feel like this is the end is the season 15. I don't, I also hope that this is a season if Dorinda got fired for maybe being a mean drunk. I don't, I don't, we all really don't know. There's a lot of speculation there. Why can't Kelly dog get fired for being a shit person just a terrible person i feel now's the time to like you can be um you can be on the right side of things and not a shit person and still be incredibly entertaining and stupid in a whole nother way like you don't we don't need well you know it's interesting i'm going to be talking to and i had i had her on before but um uh, veronica leventhal rick leventhal's daughter who is engaged to kelly dodd she's been on the podcast before and her politics are completely different than her dad's you know been marching black lives matter like i mean just really amazing just just a really amazing person and she's actually on my patreon talking about selling sunset this week but i'm talking to her later and i can't wait to talk to her about that one quote in the preview of kelly dodd saying all we do is have sex with about her dad isn't that crazy i mean yeah this is the thing though too because sometimes people are like oh my gosh like we've got messages today where people like you really hated on beverly hills but then you said you liked the reunion I So what I like about Real Housewives and what I liked about in the beginning is it wasn't all these like calculated fights and trying to like find holes in people's character. It was more truly about like these women that were moms. They lived in a fluid community. So it was fun to see where they went. They got to go on trips. The rest of us didn't go on. But they were like working moms and women that connected over that and actually were friends. And they, yeah, they would have fights and disagreements, but it wasn't like so manufactured and fake and staged. And we, I actually thought we saw that in the reunion last night. Like, I thought we saw a really real side of the women. Guys, this is why Abby's a pro. I, I've been meaning to talk about Beverly Hills for 30 <laughs> minutes now. And uh, that's what I mean. We had part one of the reunion last night. Um, you just said, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a lot of DMs about hating on Beverly Hills. But what were your overall thoughts? I mean, by the way, in terms of production, I thought it looked beautiful. I thought all the the square boxes all fit together. <laughs> you know, they, I thought everybody looked very pretty. Uh, of course, uh, Kyle's getting ripped on for like having old hands, I guess, but you know, that's just one quick shot, whatever. But overall, what like, uh, Vanessa, what did you think, uh, overall about part one of the reunion? Oh, it was so entertaining over the top dramatic. I don't care if they're acting or not. It was, it was entertaining to watch. I do think at BravoCon, they need to have a Zoom con- uh, Re- Real Housewives of Beverly Hills confessional setup, like with that lighting. Oh I want to like glamour shots. Like I want that. That's I want to go and sit there and like kind of pretend I'm in my like little Zoom uh, with Andy. They really need to oh, and they should. That. They should do a booth where they let you try on one of Lisa Rinna's wigs too. Yes, <laughs> they should. I'd be but like, I'm was- Charlotte. I'm wearing the Charlotte wig. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I was I'm super impressed with Sutton. Sutton is someone I didn't love at first, but thought she came, she came to play. I really enjoyed that. They talked about black lives matter. I thought there was a really nice moment between Garcelle and um, Erica. I, the one thing that I'm confused about and I want to hear your all's take is so Erica and Rena, although like entertaining and how aggressive they were, I don't understand why they're so angry. Oh my like, God. It, 
That's it's a lot. Vanessa, that's literally my one overall question to you guys is please explain what's going on. Because when Erica was like, motherfucker, I'm out of here or something like that. I'm like, wait, why are you out of here? I don't. I'm like, did she? I'm like, did Erica not watch back this season? Like, I don't get she's like, you took me to coffee, but then you took other people to coffee, too. And I'm like, wait, is your problem with coffee or is your problem with Denise? Like, what is I'm I'm so confused. And Rinna, I think she thinks is making good TV. But in reality, it's like really making her look so horrible. And the tight shots on her face going so intensely at Denise. It's to me, I, I feel like she's missing the boat completely. Well, and it's funny. I, I saw like somebody posted something that was like, they go, who gave Rena the definition of gaslighting right before this started? Because that's all she said. Gaslighting, gaslighting, yeah. gaslighting. I'm like, did you just learn about that word? Like, I feel like she just said it so much. It's like, oh, this is my word of the day from the app that I use. And I, I mean, I, I don't get why Erica was so mad too. It was, it was very unlike her. Like she will have moments where she snaps. We saw her do that with Teddy where she was like, don't you ever call me fake? And it was like so intense. <laughs> or when she, she was, was in, or when she was in, uh, was it China? She's like, uh, don't you ever, when you remember they were like jet lagged, oh, she's God. like, don't you ever talk about my son. Like, yeah. Which was interesting too, to go back to Vanessa's point. I like that. She said, Garcelle was the only one who asked Erica. How she felt being the mother of a son during, I mean, during the, being the mother of a son who's a police officer during all of this, like that, I thought that was an interesting part. Uh, I, yeah, I don't get, I think Erica was just like, everyone said I was boring and I'm going to bring it in this reunion. I'm going to try to make up for it, but it was very misplaced. I think the show works the best when they're just not trying to bring it when they're just like, I feel like Sutton, that's really Sutton. You know, I didn't feel like she was trying to bring it. I just feel like she was, that's who she is. She's not going to let like Teddy, my mild disdain for your clothing shouldn't affect our friendship, you know? (laughs) And the way, I mean, the other frustrating part for me is like Sutton, I feel like did 10 times more for the show than Teddy this year. I, I forgot Teddy was even in the reunion last night until like 40 minutes in. And I think she said something and I was like, oh my God, Teddy's been there. Like I had no clue. <laughs> We've said this multiple times. Teddy is, we feel like people who are like genuinely good people. Like I feel like Teddy yeah. um, in my, I've had an interaction with Teddy. She's super nice. I feel like good people do not belong on reality TV. Yes. She's just kind of one of those people. Great person, lovely family, lovely husband, probably fun to get drunk with. But on reality TV, I, yeah. Teddy's one, I mean, I always make the, it's the easiest joke to make about Teddy being boring and I love to make it again and again. But in reality, the only really, de- the only bad thing about Teddy is that she wants to do this show. Like she yeah. doesn't need to do this show. Like there's nothing really it it makes people like that look really bad because it make it brings out things like oh my god Denise it's really black it's really bad you hooked up with Brandy that's really bad yeah. like you know it, it brings out these little things about their personality that are like oh man that that's not a good good look but the the Rina Erica Jane I I think Rina thinks she's completely in the right and that she'll be celebrated for it I think I like it's funny. I also think that a lot of them watch uh, clearly they're out there on oh, Twitter. They're the, watching what we're saying. Rina goes they, on my Instagram. I don't even follow her and she doesn't follow me <laughs> and she'll read my comments. I don't tag her in things other. I, I, I <laughs> anybody that dirty tags me or whatever the tag, like the, whatever it's called. The, yeah. I delete those comments usually immediately. Cause it's like, I don't I mean, like get, 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 get a life. But like she reads everything. Cause she'll comment about other people's comments on my posts, you know? 
well, that means you've made it because that's pretty <laughs> exciting. But I mean, they, scary. I just think they see everything out there. And what's funny is I think Erica, Rena, Kyle, and Teddy, maybe Dorit. Dorit seems to be a little bit on the fence, but Dorit's part of that group of five that hangs out. I think they all thought that they really came across as mean girls and that everyone is team Denise. And no one is. <laughs> I mean, I'm team Denise by default. Right. I don't think these, I don't think Denise is like a dynamic character. It's just that such things were propagated against her so hard that it almost makes you feel like you need to be team Denise because I'm definitely not team these other ladies. And it almost feels like they got together and decided what they were all going to do against somebody instead of letting things naturally happen. So when the story naturally was dying out, they kept trying to, I'd rather see like three more episodes about the creation of Buca de Beppo, you know? <laughs> the fact that Sutton couldn't say it is my favorite part. That's so yeah, Sutton. I know, I, yeah, I think these women were just like, no, we're not going to let her own the reunion. We're going to control the script. And anytime a housewife does that, whether that's in a reunion, in a season, it go it blows up. And honestly, like we all know that Denise is lying. You can tell yes, she's a bad liar. Yes, who, yes, but she's lying the way we lie when we don't want, like when yeah. something potentially really embarrassing, we go, no, I didn't. No, I, I didn't do that. Like, no, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it's, it's that lie that it's not like a lie where you're like, you're like worlds are going to fall because of this lie. It's like a lie to protect themselves because it's potentially embarrassing and damaging to somebody's career. And like, I, I, the Erica Jane thing of 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 going. Does your daughter watch the show? Does your like? Does Erica Jane think this is the number one show on all of TV? <laughs> like she does. Erica Jane think that like the 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 average bystander knows who she is. Like I I feel it's like how dare you make us look bad? I'm like I, I just it's so frustrating. Well, then when people are like this is my character, this is my personal brand. I'm like your brand is housewives. Like whether you want to admit it or not, you you're a housewife. You're nothing without that. So, I don't don't bite the hand that feeds you. I guess. Vanessa, how big of a fan are you of Rinna's dancing on a scale of one to ten? Uh, probably a five right now. It, it <laughs> probably, probably was higher earlier, but like it's like when you see the same thing done again and again, right? It's when it's done again and again. And Brenna is someone I think I'll always kind of have a soft spot for and love. She's problematic for sure, as most of these housewives are. But I just need her to scale it back and own it, baby. Like, just own it, but don't, like, but go also, after it's a- people unnecessarily. I'm really bothered that she went after Garcelle after seeing that deleted scene. Oh, when yeah. Garcelle had such Wait. good intentions. Vanessa, explain that to the people. You're talking about the scene in when Garcelle stuck up for Denise, well, kind of out of nowhere, and supposedly out of nowhere, and said, what is it like with you dancing? Does that project a poor body image on your daughter? But in the deleted scene, it was much different. Yeah, and the deleted scene was much different. She was talking about her son who has uh, some addiction issues, and he, Abby, you're the one who actually saw this. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But essentially, he, she has started dating her ex-husband at that time and started taking away attention from her son, her first son. And he started acting out, act, being a little jealous. She wasn't saying her intentions with Rana was like, not that you're a bad mom. It's like you're doing everything that you can to be a good parent. What else am I missing, Abby? I think it was almost like she was just seeking validation. Like when you have a child who has something they have to overcome that's more than just like the norm, you know, more than just like, Oh, I got a bad grade on a test. When you're overcoming an eating disorder or an addiction, 
I think you blame yourself as a parent. And I think Garcelle was more trying to connect with Rena and basically just say like, did you, do you blame yourself? Cause I know I do. I don't think she was saying you should blame yourself, well, which is the way they made it look. Well, the whole, then the whole other part of that is then the social media aspect of it, because Rena then like really hopped down Garcelle's throat, you know, acting like making everybody believe that that was the only thing said and that Garcelle came for her like that. In reality, that's why context is so important for people to remember. People have to remember, we see what they're editing together. We don't know these full conversations. But Rinna, Rinna, and we saw this last night, she is so obsessed with social media. Like, I love that she tries to teach us about social media every app. Oh, oh, <laughs> what she did was a sympathy post. What she did was like, it's all in the likes, baby. It's all in you the likes. You like that tweet. You like that tweet. <laughs> By the way, I, I'll go on Twitter and like, if I see a picture of Batman or a dog, I'll like it because I like Batman. I won't even read the thing, you know, like sometimes I don't even read on Instagram I don't even read who it's from. I'll like it because I'll see like, oh, that's a funny pick and I'll just hit the like <laughs> thing. And then like somebody pointed out to me that I liked the wrong thing by the wrong person. And I was like, oh, crap, you know, but like, I mean, Denise, I mean, Rinna seems calculated to it. Like she's going through 30 calculations in her mind at all times. Denise just seems like lazy and a little like, how did I get here? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, Denise to me, I mean, she looked like, a deer in the headlights her eyes wait, I mean, wait why is her eyes that red why is her eyes oh, that red she commented to someone about this she and now i i really don't believe this but i'm just gonna this is what she said that she is allergic to powder that you put on your face and that any makeup artist that works with her knows that the only reason why i don't believe that is she's been on countless like movies and tv shows by now they would have found a powder she's not allergic to or wear foundation or just not wear powder yeah. Yeah. I thought you were about to say she's allergic to bullshit or something like that. Yeah. And that's what, um, no, but it looked like the other ladies made her rabid at some point last night. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, I was no, like, is she going to start frothing at the mouth? I, yeah, she's a horrible liar. I do think some of the things that she lied about, they shouldn't even harp on her. Like, there's been events we don't want to go to and we'll lie and say you yes. got sick or it's yes. like everyone does that. Like, to me, that's like normal. You don't want to say you don't want to go, so you make up an excuse. I don't understand why they were breathing down her neck because I guarantee all those women have done the exact same thing. But she's a horrible liar. I, I, I'm glad Garcelle is on her side, but she really needs like an ally or just needs to practice on her rebuttals or something. That's what I say. Like, I say, wouldn't it be amazing in the off season if we see them train like athletes? Well, Denise, <laughs> Denise is now like you know like watching tape and like you know like practicing moves and way to say things, but uh. It, I, I just love the, I don't know. It just, it feels like Denise is just fall. She fell into this is bad at getting out of it. And now people won't let it go. So I'm curious to see how a new season will present itself within this. Somebody said that they were already shooting Beverly Hills or somebody posted a photo with Rinna dancing and there was like a professional camera in the background. So I got nervous. Yeah. We shared that our friend, Anthony Lario had, circled it and pointed it out to us. I don't know if the filming is for Beverly Hills. That's like a question mark. It, it could be, it could be not. I know historically they tend to film like right after they filmed the reunions, they start the next season, but I don't really know if, if the Miley Cyrus disco ballroom <laughs> that she was in was for Miley Cyrus at first, or if it was for Bravo. Yeah. I mean, the, the Denise thing too, is that like, it, yeah, like you just said, if you don't want to go to a party, like sometimes you'll just bail out of a party. But I don't also understand of like why Rinna didn't go, oh, you – oh, we found out that Brandy texted you to say she'd be at that finale party at Dorit. So, oh, now that makes sense why you wouldn't want to come. 
But it, all these ladies knew exactly what was going to happen. I feel like they all knew Brandy was going to be there except for Dorit. And Dorit, by the, like, Dorit to me is like one of the, like Sutton, one of the stars of the season by just kind of staying neutral, by just saying like, well, that's even last night. She had this line in the uh, reunion where uh, uh, Kyle was getting into it with, with Garcelle, or I, I think, and said something like, let me speak. And, and Kyle was like, that's what we do here. And Dorit said, no, it isn't. You know, and it's like Dorit's I, really finding her voice. And she stood, stuck up and said, I don't think Denise is trying to make us all look like assholes. Like, I don't think she's afraid to go against the group, which makes me love Dorit right now. Denise is trying to cash a check. There is, no, I feel <laughs> like, you know, those things where they make somebody a legend. These <laughs> ladies are making Denise a legend and Denise isn't even having to do anything. Like, no, all she's I, having to do is just withstand pressure. <laughs> you know what I would love, though? If Denise would have showed up to the reunion in, like, bedazzled combat boots and, like, oh. wore, like, the boot-cut jeans. How like, do we know? How do we know she didn't? It's only from the, the waist The ragamuffin bun. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have had a lot more respect if she just showed up like that and was like, we're at home. I don't need to wear a fucking dress. I'm How Denise great was the, the technical rehearsal, though? I mean, oh, these women love- didn't even wear makeup. Like, I'm like, did they know they were going to air that? I want to see more stuff like that. I love... I think us Bravo viewers, as we get more like as it becomes like a decade of be over a decade of being fans of these things, I want to see stuff. I want to see tech rehearsals. I think that stuff's exciting where it's like you see them just being loose. And I love how they're all kind of like friendly and all that stuff. And then the the cameras and the dresses actually come out and the nails come out, you know, it's the claws come out. Um, I, I don't really pay attention. This is what I, are you ladies into? I, I know the biggest blind spot I have with any of these shows is that I really have a blind eye for any, like I knew the Denise combat boot thing. I even noticed that, but like, I don't pay attention to the fashion at all. Like I like Dorit's outfits are sometimes crazy or I get Rena's wigs, but do you ladies watch it with a lie of like, Ooh, that's so pretty. Like, is that anything for you guys? I do. I didn't, but I'll be honest. Uh, a lot of the Beverly Hills looks, I liked them for the women as characters, but I don't think I would have, I would not have worn any of the things they chose personally, even if it was like for something fancy, Vanessa might've had one that she liked. I don't know. Oh, I loved Dorit's like nineties over the top, like nineties runway model. I really liked that look, but Wait, was that the one the- where she looked like hamburger hamburger with the black stripes? No, stuff? it's her hair was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just late. She looked like a, like a little Barbie. I enjoy the fashions. It's entertaining and it's fun. And I've always been a person, but I watched the show more so for the women and who they are more so than what they're wearing. What they're wearing is just like a form of expression for who they are. It's kind of like, I feel like David from Schitt's Creek, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) you see what he's wearing and you're like, but it like kind of makes him his personality. It, it really from the first episode of Shit's Creek, like David has such a style with those like kind of like overgrown sweater thing. Like it, it really <laughs> is just his style from the beginning. I always do actually think about like how like who chose the way he dresses and they did it so well all five seasons. Yes. But yeah, so that's that's kind of how I look at it with how they wear the Beverly Hills women, mainly like Dorit and Erica Jane are more known for like their clothing, but everyone else, like they're just dressing like they should in New York. I don't really think about their fashions at all. Um, I feel like, I mean, aside from ugly things like the crochet pants, Dorenda wore and, but Sonia's always into something sparkly. She looks like she's always ready for New Year's Eve. I feel, um, but it's a, it's like a plus. It's like an added bonus, but it's not one of the things I look for when I watch personally. Do you know what, Oh, go. I was going to say, do you know what show had the best fashion though? And this is like a cult following. If they brought it back, I think people would be thrilled. 90210? 
No, no. <laughs> a Bravo show, but I would love 90210. Ladies of London. I don't know if you've ever watched that, Ryan. That's a blind spot for me. Everybody says to watch it. Everybody's because that's oh. Caroline Stansberry, right? That's why yeah. everybody knows. Okay, yeah. Some of the best fashion in a sense of like I would almost wear 90% of the stuff that the women wear. Like when they go to a fancy dinner and like a true castle and like countryside of you know England. I would wear some of those if I had a fancy event. Like that is to me, like that fashion is probably the best of all Bravo franchises. Awesome. And uh, so as we wind down uh, a couple uh, other things, what do, what do you ladies think we'll see in the remaining two? Like, this is where I kind of like, I wish they had just did it all in one night and ripped the bandaid off because I'm like, where else do we go for two more hours of this Beverly Hills reunion? We still have to read and Kyle. So it kind of started with the interrupting thing, but I think Dorit and Kyle, I don't think that's officially done, but I don't, I mean, who, look, what, what else is there? Is, is, is Aaron going to come on and talk about 5G? I mean, we do, do we have the, do, I mean, do that's actually, a, do the husbands come on? I don't know. I would love to see Mauricio have a little segment and be stoned with Andy. Like that yeah, would he, be he doesn't even know where he's at. He's like, no, where's that, that voice coming from? Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know that we need three episodes. I think they're going to drag out the Brandy thing. I mean, maybe we're going to be blindsided. We're going to get the interview with Andy and Brandy. Yeah, maybe that's going to be combined into the reunion. And it's like 30 minutes. And then like the last 30 minutes is like his interview with Brandy. I have no idea. But I don't really know. Most of these reunions, I don't ever think we need three parts. I think most of them can be done in two. Well, I guess I guess we'll see. I don't I would like to see. I don't know if Garcelle and Kyle are going to go at it anymore. Garcelle and Rena will probably have a moment. Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. And, and tonight, of course, we have Real Housewives of New York. We'll have the season finale of that. Um, and and you guys, when what day do you release your podcast on? <laughs> oh, wow. This, wow, this really... No, you're laughing because Abby and I are, <laughs> we're professional, but we're also like, fly by the seat of our pants we're we don't release things on the same day um well, when can we get to, your thoughts when can we get your full thoughts on like the beverly hills reunion the new york season finale when can we hear that is that going to be in the, in the next week hopefully I think, yeah i think we'll probably we already released one for this week we we released weekly we try to do beginning of the week it really we shift it based on like the schedule of the show so right now it's wednesday thursday sunday so we try to record on Monday or Tuesday to recap all of that before another new new one starts. What, what are we going to do when all these shows are over in a couple of weeks? I'm like really nervous. I'm like, what? I, are, I guess Vanessa and I are just going to do like live Q and A's. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, do we? I mean, do we pick up another show? I mean, is there? I don't. I'm just scared. Like, I, I just it's like uncharted territory for during quarantine. I'm just really nervous, you know. I, I mean, I don't know. New Jersey's got to be wrapping up soon. Oh, I would yeah. imagine New Jersey's going to come out. Like, and Salt Lake New City Year. will be out in October, right? Oh, the trailer was supposed to come out today. I, oh. I, that's what I know. I've been stalking it, and it has not dropped. Not even during so, this conversation? Anybody well, know? I haven't, been, I haven't been checking during okay. the conversation. I'll give a quick glance now. Um, also, I, you know, I was really curious. What are your guys' arguments with each other? Where do you guys really differ in terms of whether it be personal or even Bravo related where you're like, I love Jax. I hate Jax. Uh, well, Dorit is one of them. Yeah, Dorit. Um, who who's, pro, who, wait, who's pro Dorit? Who's negative Dorit? You're, you're, you, you, I'm pro. Yeah, Vanessa, that's, I'm pro Dorit. Vanessa's so on I'm, the right side of history right there. I think. I'm, I'm coming around. I 
did not like her for the longest time. It, and honestly, it really just boils down to the fake accent. Like I've just, I've had to hear it for so long. It changes every season. What do you mean, Abby? I don't yeah. know. I'm going she's to. She's like Moira Rose, if you think about it. <laughs> she like, totally is. Yes. Like it's just, so if you look at her from Have you done way, that post yet? Have you done that post? <laughs> I've seen someone else on the internet has done that. Um, if you like fruit wine, like I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the se- What was the sequel she auditioned for and then got, but she had to like, she had to fly herself to like the like, crows oh, have eyes for yes. oh yes yeah um that would a, be Dorit. she would what, be in, in but i'm trying to think what other i would yeah. say like we really don't argue i think politically we have different views sometimes but so like with everything going on like social issues we we pretty much line up uh so there's never been a to- week that you're like i can't talk to abby this week no 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 we're gonna take a no, real big we- break we have no. like certain housewives we each like love a little more. Like I mean, but there isn't anything major that we fight over. We'll have disagreements on certain things, but for the most part I'd say we're pretty we have the same point of view. I feel like where we differ the most is like housewives we would bring back and those that we wouldn't. Where's I mean, who's who's the who which one like which one would you guys both bring back? Like for Vanessa, who who would be your number one? Who would you want to see join rejoin a cast? My number one and it's controversial is Phaedra, but it's only if Candy would be okay with it. <laughs> so we gotta get Candy's permission, but then you would love to see that? Yes, I would love to see Phaedra. Do you back. watch do you watch her on um what is it, marriage boot camp? No, I don't. I just love I just loved Phaedra. I kind of forgot about the beef between her and Candy. I made a post um, about when Eva left Atlanta that I would love to see Phaedra back. And then some people in the comments reminded me, they're like, oh, really? You want someone who accused someone of seducing and raping someone to be back on TV? I'm like, oh. You do. I mean, these shows go on so long that you forget huge, like horrible things. And they're like, oh, I forgot that they totally made that uh, declarative statement. So if Candy's okay with it, I would love to see Phaedra back. That's probably my personal number one. And Abby, how about you? My number one would be Jules. I would love, I think Jules should have gotten more than one season on New York. I, cause I think I look at it more of like the ones that I like, not that I miss, but I, I felt like weren't given a full chance. And she's one I think should have gotten more. If you go back and rewatch, which I, I did recently, uh, she really is pretty good. Like she's really not, I mean, she was a really nice complimentary, especially in those Berkshires episodes. I was like really enjoying it. And I would have loved to have seen, because the next season is when everything kind of like, you know, her husband and all that stuff. It would have been a really, really fascinating storyline. So that one is, I think, was a wrong call. I would I would love I really would love to see Simon and Alex back. Like I just Oh God, yeah. I just I mean, just to see how they've grown or not grown or, you know, it would be I, I don't know. I watch back those and I just it's such like w- wistful times when I think about their <laughs> scenes, you know? <laughs> And it'd have to be both of them together. If they bring them back, I want Alex and Simon holding an apple together, like yes! sharing the same apple. Yes, that's what I mean. Or by the way, this is what TLC really does well. I was talking about this recently is that they really, they create that TLC universe where the 90 Day Fiance thing, they'll have 30 oh, yeah. different shows and they'll populate the characters in all these different shows is that Bravo needs to be start being smarter. And I don't mean don't be tardy for the party, but make like six different couples from different regions and make that like under some like weird through line, not with each other, but the couples. And like, let's keep keep in touch with these people. Let's do this. Give them, I feel like I want to know what Simon 
Alex doing? I want to see Jill Zarin uh, with her new uh, bow, even though I, I miss her ex or her, you know, um, uh, Bobby. Bobby so, yeah. so much. Like, I want to know, like, this way you would also get Bravo, like, get them off Bravo's back because I'm sure they're begging to get back on all the time. Like, give them something else away from the Real Housewives, you know? Do you know what would be an amazing show for Bravo to do? Like, uh, behind the screen, and it's all the influencers and the drama, like somebody yeah. stole my meme or yes. like, well, well oh. okay. Well, Abby, you actually, this is the last thing I wanted to say before I, I get you guys out of here is that, uh, you guys, I've talked about this on the podcast before and Vanessa was actually, you know, going through giving life. Uh, but I, one of the, you know, we brought this up a couple times in terms of black lives matter and social justice issues and how that's kind of cross crossing into the Bravo universe. But I had talked about the, there was a situation online. Um, and I've learned so much, uh, the last six months because of this Bravo community. And I really got to give props to Abby because you had explained something in your stories in regards to why something, um, I'm trying to like, why something in terms of Black Lives Matter about giving other people, uh, you know, amplifying voices. You just broke it down in such a beautiful way that it, like a, a lunkhead like me was able to understand it. And I thought that is the power of these communities. Like we can fight about memes and all that stuff, you know, but also I just think it's so impressive that these things can also be really, really powerful tools where I, I really did actually learn something uh, because of you and you were able to explain it in such a way that I just thought was really beautiful. And I just, I, I wanted to thank you for that publicly because I've talked about that a couple times on the podcast. And I guess I just got to ask like, Vanessa, when are like, where, when are you going to teach me something? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I can teach you a lot. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm so... working on it. But no, we, I mean, I, Abby did an amazing job. I'm black. I'm biracial, yeah. Afro-Latina. Um, I was actually just going to say like Vanessa yeah. actually helped break it down for me. Cause I even said, and this is what I think Garcelle was getting at. Like I texted Vanessa. I was like, I don't see why this is wrong. And then she helped explain it for me. Well, Vanessa, what was it like actually? I mean, you were busy, like I said, giving, you know, like a human life, but like watching all of this go down this, this summer, you know, and, and see it cross over into that Bravo universe. What has that been like for you as a biracial person? It's been it's crazy. Uh, it's a lot to digest. I feel like so I've grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods and always used to being the brown girl in the room and just kind of very used to that. I've also I think because of my coloring and because of the colorism exists, I've been accepted. I hate to say accepted because that sounds so dramatic, but it's true accepted from society where I haven't had too many. Um, I've been privileged enough to not have some of the interactions um, other people in the community have had. So I recognize that, but I think it's, it's always something that's been important to me. I've experienced different bouts of racism throughout my life in different ways. And it's something that I am glad that there's attention and light brought to it. I just think there needs to be a lot more follow through and accountability. I, we talked about this with, Monty on one our Black Lives Matter episode, but I would love to see people who made mistakes and show them how they learn from it. I, I think we need to see more of that as a country right now. There's so much discussion um, about we Abby and I have similar same thoughts on cancel culture, but there's so many thoughts on, oh my God, someone said the wrong thing. And 
cancel them. And it's like, no, let's, let's make this a learning opportunity. People shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Race is obviously a sensitive thing and something that people are scared to talk about. Um, and our, and especially in the climate that we're in right now, they're afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing. So why don't we make it? It's okay. If you say the wrong thing, it's just, you have to recognize why it was wrong and how to make that right. So I just want to encourage more of that. And with our platform, we're just trying to amplify um, other black voices. Motherhood obviously is important to us. The maternal issues in the black community, this is the racial disparities that are going on um, there. We like to bring light to and bring light to those organizations. So that's what we're trying to do. That's like a long-winded answer. Well, it, um, I, I, I get, I get. Well, you you said something really that that really resonates in the sense that um, we are living in a day and age where nobody wants to admit they're wrong and they're encouraged or that they've made a mistake ever. We, we live in a society where uh, we're now being told that we're always right, we're always right, you know, and we're never relenting. And you know, sometimes people's egos will get will supersede what is right and wrong because they're also like prideful people and nobody ever wants to admit when they make a mistake or something like that. And it is weird. Is it like, I don't agree with cancel cancel culture either. Um, but it is weird. Like, I, I feel like sometimes people have to be encouraged to realize it's okay to make mistakes, you know, like, you know, like we can admit that we can move on. Like, I think it's sometimes I get frustrated when people won't, admit they made a mistake at all. And then it just turns into anger on both sides because somebody feels like they're being jumped on and obviously they're wrong to begin with. So I, I, that's the part that scares me in all of this is that, and it's so weird that it's through the Bravo community that I've been able to see so many things I haven't my entire life. Like, did I never watch like me watching Aviva throw her leg? Did I never go like, I hope one day this network teaches me about social justice, you know? <laughs> Like, you know, but like, but here we are. So I think it's such an important moment. Wasn't it so cool, though? Did you guys notice Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last night? They re-aired Race in America directly after the reunion last night. I saw that. And I'm so glad that they they did. That special was done really well. I love Nina Parker from E! in general. She's a great host and I just enjoy her in general. But I thought that special did an excellent job breaking down the topics. And, you know, I like I said, in my bubble and what I know about racism and what I've experienced is so different than from other people in the community that I, I continue to learn things, too. And um, it was I'm just really glad that Bravo is following through on that. I would like to see more follow through on from an executive level, um, leadership level. I would love, honestly, I would love if Andy threw in the towel and we got, he passed the torch and amplified a black voice. Like get Portia, make Portia do watch what happens live. I would love to see that. I feel like, I feel like there should be, I feel like there should be multiple hosts. I feel like it shouldn't just be one. I mean, I feel, you know, but yeah, I feel at some point, Andy, I think sooner rather than later is not, is going to step down. Like I think Andy too must be exhausted just from giving housewives his personal phone number and having to deal with texts from Ramona all the time. Like it's gotta be exhausting, but it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But I thought, at some level, you have to admit that Bravo is listening because I remember when that race in America did air directly after Potomac, I believe, and people were like, well, why not after one of the Beverly Hills or the New York episodes? And so that I, I thought it was so cool that they did that last night. I thought I was like, that's a positive thing because that's like got to be a big ratings get the reunion, right? So like to have that on afterwards, I think, is a really positive step. And I think those small steps lead to gigantic leaps, you know? 
Definitely. Absolutely. The only yeah. disappointing thing I will say out of that special, and not dis- the only disappointing is I wish there were more yeah. white um, housewives that were present. We had two newbies who Leah and Bronwyn, who were part of it and are love you, Leah. Love you, Leah. I love you, Leah. Amazing allies <laughs> and doing great things. But it is disappointing um, that you don't have an OG or someone who's been on the network for a long time to be on there. Well, like, I think Ramona should have done it because Ramona made a comment one time about all lives all matter. Lives matter on her Instagram, and then yeah. later she posted something and used the hashtag BLM and someone said, Oh, BLM now question mark. I thought you were all eyes matter. And she commented back and it didn't get a lot of press. I was kind of surprised. She said, I realize why that was wrong. Now I'm not going to use that comment anymore. So how great would it have been to have her on there to say, I- I'm part of the problem or I used to be it. I I'm realizing now why, why comments like that are hurtful. Oh, I thought you were going to say, Oh, I meant to say BLT bacon, lettuce, tomato. Yeah. yeah. She, um, she might've, she might've meant BLT too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I was saying too on the show. I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if you did have Ramona, if you did start opening up in race in America part two, where you had somebody like, you know, I would love to hear Jeff Lewis. I would love to hear, or even like people that have like potentially made mistakes and like, Hey, this is what I said. Why is this wrong? You know, like why is, I, I would love to, I would love to hear Ramona's argument, Kelly Dodd's argument. I would love to open it up to those voices. That is a part of this conversation. It's not a one-sided conversation. And, you know, I was with my parents all week and my dad was saying like, hey, whether you like it or not, you do like we do have to listen to each other and you can then form your opinions and, and try to teach people from that point. But you have to see as ignorant as these people are, you have to hear what they're saying and then be able to formulate an argument from that. So I feel like, you know, it's interesting that that's hopefully the phase we're in is being able to start really kind of coming together at some point because we have to. Wow, this got really serious. So sorry to end this way. I do think also, Ryan, you should have Leah on the show and I just propose to her and see. Wait, what she why? Said. Yeah, I, Leah, Leah in the show. How about Leah in my bedroom? Like, how about Leah? That like, too. I'm so sorry. Leah, I didn't mean that. Yeah. So By the way, no, everybody <laughs> tag. I know, I know, I didn't mean that. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that, you did. You no, did mean it. Oh my God, I didn't mean it. You're sorry, A podcaster gets Leah pregnant. No, I said that. And then it's following you guys around. It's like a one night stand that led to this. And that's the reality show. Oh, my God. Well, that's what I said on the show. There's no way Leah will ever like me because she'll never be able to explain to a thing of like, he's a podcaster that talks about Bravo. There's just no way that comes off. Have you reached out to her to come on the show? Not to come. Well, I I did initially like like I'm talking when New York first happened and she was like, I'd love to, but you have to go through Bravo. But I don't even know how to go through. Bra- I, I'm not I don't know Bravo. Like, I'm like, does yeah. they do they have like a main email address? Like, how do I go through Bravo? And <laughs> it's just Andy at Bravo dot com. <laughs> I just go. I just try Andy at AOL dot com. Andy yeah. at Gmail dot com. But I I, I uh, like sometimes she'll like like something or but I know a lot of people tag me in her posts and I feel at a certain point. I know they're not super aware, but at a certain it's point, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. At a certain point, it's when they did that, like her and Tinsley did that WAP dance. Uh, oh, that was amazing. I got tagged in that like a hundred times. And I got to imagine that's not super comforting for Leah to see, you know? <laughs> um, but anyways, well, you ladies, this is like, this was really the 
I was looking forward to this conversation and I got to say halfway through this interview, I was just saying, like, I was thinking to myself, I'm so happy to be able to do this and to talk to people like you guys, because this was a true joy. And I, I thank you so much for taking your time out of really your busy schedules. I know, I know you actually are raising humans uh, during this quarantine. So thank you. And, and how do we support you? It's, it's at real moms of Bravo on Instagram, right? And real, at real moms of Bravo on Instagram and then at real moms of Bravo um, for podcasts. And we you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're pretty much available across all platforms. And then the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo. Flat into our DMs. Let's have fun. And like I said, uh, I say this a lot now is that you guys, the simplest thing you can do. I know a lot of people don't have money, so Patreon might not be an option sometimes. But the easiest thing you can do to support, too, is hit that subscribe button and then also hit that five star button on the reviews. I, I, I can't tell you for certain it helps, but I think it does. So hit that five stars, you know, like and, and if you don't like it. Don't hit anything. Just keep on moving. There's so many podcasts out there, but I really think that's a really great way to support and it's free of charge to you, the consumer. So, um, Abby and, and Vanessa, thank you guys so, so much for doing this today. Thank you. You're the thank best. You. I hope you guys will come back on down the line. Are you ready for a recap of Real Housewives of New York, the season finale? Let's do a full recap. Let's let's hunker down and really paint a visual picture of what we saw this past week. What a season it has been. It has been a drunken, sloppy mess that I love and enjoy and cannot get enough of. I I think maybe I'm in the minority this, this season, but I loved it. It did not matter. Uh... What happened? It is part of the whole experience for me. You have great seasons, you have bad seasons, and this was definitely not a bad season. I mean, this is this is still something to be proud of. I love that I'm talking to the the Real Housewives of New York ladies. Like, be proud, ladies. Be proud of this dysfunction. Uh, speaking of dysfunction, this episode was entitled "Viva La Dysfunction." which is just LOL, because it's like Viva La Diva, Viva La Dysfunction. I love, like I said, one day I will be in charge to write these titles, and I'll come up with things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, you got to uh, love the Real Housewives taglines. The Dorinda one always cracks me up still. Like, like a mint in my mouth, I can be a bit fresh. And it's actually like, like a mint in my mouth, I can be a bit of an asshole. Um, Dorinda, like we've talked about many times, did not have a great season, and this, this is very much in turn, it's, it's not a great, this is not, she does not end well. She does not stick the landing. You know, it, last week, I wish, I wish, I wish they had ended her storyline last week, when it was like a nice thing with her dancing with John Medesian, and her birthday, and Instead, they end it like we all saw, where she acts like a gigantic, drunken asshole, and that is not the Dorinda we all know and love. Um, so, who knows? We'll see what the future holds. I know there was a, a, a press thing put out there that 
because uh, New York Post, I think, uh, page six put out something of like, you know, she was fired for being a drunken idiot. And then that was retracted. I don't think by page six, but they put out another kind of bit where like the the doors are always open for Dorinda on Real Housewives of New York. So who knows? Who knows what the, the real story there is? Will only time will tell, folks. But the series is alive and well. I know they're already doing casting and potentially gearing up to shoot already. So uh, I did hear Leah is officially back. I think she actually made that comment on some kind of interview. So that's amazing. And, and we'll see from there. So this is this is the last episode. Let me paint the picture. It is Christmas time. It is the holidays. And we really get that sense with all the holiday parties. Uh, we start with Ramona and Coco, as always. Uh, Coco's running away from Ramona because Ramona's just flinging her shit at... No, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? It's just like Ramona's like, take my poop! Ah! And and Coco's like, no, I'm so old. Um, they're, they're talking to... Ramona's talking to the dog, as usual, per use, and saying something like, um, oh, you know, when, 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 when me and Mario and Avery, we did Christmas cards, people would frame them. People, nobody framed your fucking Christmas card. And if they did, that's insane. That, that means there's somebody like about to kill you, Ramona. Nobody's framing your fucking holiday card. I, I mean, I would frame it because like, I consider that art, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. But like the average person that you're sending these cards to are not framing them. They're just not. That's a bunch of horse shit. And we all know it. I'm so sorry to be this upset, but it's like it's late at night and I don't want to be talking about Ramona's Christmas cards. Um, then we're off to Sonia. Uh, Sonia is with one of her assistants and lets, uh, lets us know that Leah was the first RSVP to her drag queen bingo. And we love a queen like Leah. We love she is just such a special lady. So humble. RSVP into a party. Love that. We love somebody that sticks to the rules, right? I love that she pays attention to little things like RSVP because the other girls, they're too big for RSVP in. Oh, one time I, I threw uh, an Oscar party with my ex and we invited all these people and a bunch of people said they were going to come and they didn't. And then I remember I tweeted angrily that night. I said, RIP to RSVP. And I thought I was being really deep, but I was just kind of being a drunken idiot. And then the friends that actually didn't show up were like, laughed at that tweet and like, you're an idiot. And I was like, okay, but I mean, you know, um, so, uh, Dorinda calls Sonia on FaceTime. Dorinda lets us know she is out of surgery. Um, she also lets us know you're going to love what I wear to your drag queen bingo party. Um, you know, uh, Luann loves my Giovanni loves my headpieces. This is going to be her next show. So that's a little dig at Luann. Sonia laughs hysterically because Sonia likes digs at Luann too, because remember Sonia really thinks she is the one that invented cab, you know, cabaret and Luann really kind of ran with it in reality. Sonia did Cabralesque, and we know there's a huge difference between Cabralesque and Cabaret now. The fact that I even have to say Cabralesque and Cabaret as much as I do is just frightening. I never thought I, as a as a grown man, would be saying Cabaret just willy-nilly all, every day. Like, now I'm, I'm saying Cabaret at least once a day, at least. And, like, on podcast days, I'm saying it, like, 30 or 40 times. It just doesn't... Guys, I can't... I, expressed to you enough of how I just didn't see my life going this way. Um, so then we're to Martin 
uh, Martin, remember, Martin Snow, the boxing trainer from Trinity Bo- uh, Boxing Gym. He uh, he was on the podcast before. He is training Leah there in the, the ring, and he goes, Heroes are bought. No, heroes are, heroes are made, not bought. So let's make a hero. God, like, wouldn't you love just like a life coach that follows you around that, that are going like, you got to work to be a hero, kid. Come on. Let's go. Come on. And um, then this is when it gets really good, you guys. Luann steps in front, uh, steps into a recording studio area, and she goes, uh, I'm recording with Desmond Child. And uh, she says something about, or Desmond's like, it's warm and cozy and delicious. I, I, or Luann saying that about the space, I don't know. But this is when we're introduced to Viva La Diva. Desmond Child, who Luann lets us know, worked on Living on the Prayer and Living La Vida Loco, and now she's doing... He's doing Viva La Diva. This dude only works on songs with some form of the word living in the title, I guess. it's It does not make sense to me. He came to Luann with that song. Imagine being at that point in your career where you're coming to Luann. You're like, Lu- Luann, I've got an amazing song that only you can do. We find out that Carol Bayer Sager wrote the lyrics to Viva La Diva. Carol Bayer Sager is like a real artist. Like... What is happening? Is Luann going to work with, like, Linda Perry next? Like, is she going to work with David Foster? Is there going to be a Countess Luann, Timeless, the Classics album? Like, is like Natalie Cole or something? Like, what the fuck is going on? This is bizarre. Like, have you ever seen somebody, like, commit to something so hard that they're kind of subpar at and then actually end up making a great career out of it? That's what's happening. It gives. It should give us all hope. Like, I might tomorrow just, like, say I'm a fucking astronaut and see what happens. Like, eventually I'll probably get to work with real astronauts in some capacity. And then eventually they're going to have, like, some, like, oh, you know, Bobby can't go to Mars. Do you want to do it? And then they're like, try to get that Ryan kid. Like, anything can happen. That's all bets are off. 2020, all bets are off, you guys. So Desmond goes, me and Carol, you got the Barbara team. And I'm like, fuck, Barbara Bush? And no, it turns out Barbara Streisand Barbara fucking Streisand. Luann's getting compared to Barbara fucking Streisand. And Luann is like totally eating it up. Luann's like, of course. Yeah. Oh, me and Barbara. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so that, that is all happening. And it's just so bizarre. Like, do you think that Barbara Streisand is like, oh my God, what a compliment. I was compared to Countess Luann. What a, what an amazing treat. Or do you think Barbara catches wind of this and she's like, Desmond, don't you ever fucking say anything near that about comparing me to Countess Luann again? And I like Countess Luann, you guys. I love Countess Luann. Um, so the song is just amazing. Of course, we already did the lyric breakdown, but the start of it is like, she's like, if you want the truth and nothing but the truth, then someone's got to set you straight. I told you money doesn't buy you class. But a diva has needs. See these? They don't grow on trees. You gotta make it on your own. Hey, I'm talking to you. And Desmond goes, what a hoot. (laughs) Which is like, I don't think that's ever the proper response to anything. I mean, maybe if you're trying to make somebody laugh. But if you're doing a song, you don't want the person to be like, what a hoot. You know, I don't think think Barbara Streisand sings and then they go, what a hoot. And then he goes, he goes, you know what? A little more coy. Go deeper in your chest. Make it sound sexy. And then Luann goes, oh, 
oh, oh. Like that's her trying to be sexy. She warms her. She goes, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And it's all the kind of like baritone. It's amazing. And then she goes, hey, Desmond, if anyone can say class, it's me. And then, you know, whatever. Um, I love, though, I love to see Luann collaborating artistically. She's getting more confident with it. And I love that. I honestly do love that. I, I love when people work collaboratively and Desmond's giving notes. She's not listening to the notes and then going on. I like that. Um, the song, you guys, of course, we find out is about the diva that lives in all of us, Luann says. The inner strength, the power that lives deep within. And goddamn, that's what we need right now. That is the 2020 anthem we need. Uh, Sonia, of course, is having a, uh, the drag queen party, and the bingo drag queen party. And she's telling Desmond about it. And Desmond screams, can I come? Like, Desmond, what is Desmond, is Desmond desperate to, I'm worried about Desmond all of a sudden. I don't even know Desmond. And I'm like, why is he so desperate to get, I guess it's just all a money thing. Like, how much can this possibly sell? Um, I hope it sells millions, but it just, Desmond seems like he, Desmond seems like something's going on, that he owes money to something. Like, maybe there's a gambling addiction. It looks like he needs this, whatever money he's getting to work with Luann, he's really needing it. So, uh, have you seen Lou in concert follower? Oh, um, yeah, it was just that I do sometimes worry that the pandemic is hurting people like Luann the most because this was her dream to do this. And she really was highly successful. She was selling out good venues. So to put a pause on that at this stage, uh, you know, at this point for anybody, especially Luann, I think is wildly, you know, it can be really probably just messing with her head a little bit, I think, you know, but it, she looks great. Uh, so now over with Dorinda, uh, Dorinda is showing us her New York ap- apartment that's been kind of demolished. Uh, they're renovating. She is with her friend, Rich, who's been with her in a couple episodes. Uh, we meet Nick, the contractor. She lets us know that she got like a huge thing taken out of her arm or her hand actually. And it's like a huge thing. And she was like, there was like branches or how she was describing it. It seemed like roots in a tree. But then I was like, maybe that's an alien symbiote. And that's why Dorenda has been such a huge mean asshole all season is because of this huge thing growing inside of her hand, you know? And then I was like, Oh, they removed it. So maybe she's going to be nice this episode. And then she wasn't. So I don't think my theory about alien symbiote really holds up at all. Um, so they gutted this place. Uh, we get a cut to our favorite, uh, our favorite real estate lady of New York, um, Lori Cooper, um, who she's just a delight every time I see her. And she's a huge fan of these Bravo shows. I really want to ask her one day to, to be on the pod and talk about her experience. So who knows? Um, I got to say, once again, Dorinda has really interesting taste. So I'm very curious how this apartment turns out. Um, so then Dorinda's like, after this year, I've realized one thing. I had to go through some murky water, but now I am in clear water now. And then she goes, I think 2020 is going to be a good year for me. Holy shit, you guys. That is like the cruelest thing. The Bravo producer should have taken that out. Like who would do that to poor, like, like that is just like, that's a meme in the making. Like, come on. Like this, they're just giving us, they're like, here you go. And also that's like really cruel because they knew she was going to be like, 
they knew she was going to be gone. Like, so this really, like, in, we knew the news of Dorinda leaving already, so this kind of seemed like a joke of, like, haha, Dorinda, we know you're going to really not have a great 2020 on top of we're not having a great 2020. So this was all kind of funny at first, and then when I thought more about it, I was like, oh, man, that's just really, that's kind of cold, you know? And then Dorinda goes, um, you know, she, uh, she goes, I'm a good person, Dorinda Medley, and I fought hard to get here. And then she goes, oh, is that a coin? And then she lets us know that Richard leaves her coins for good luck. And it's like, no, it's just a circle with a face in it, the guy says. And they laugh, but it's tragic. And also, how hard is Richard working in the afterlife? I just... I hope he's getting rest because between the red balloons and the coins, and also, guys, if you find any Richards when you're out and about, please send them to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram, and I'll, I'll repost because I saw a couple Richards on the the uh, the ground the other day, three dimes, in fact. So that was like she 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 Richard, very fancy. But I do worry that Dorinda's expecting too much from Richard, and it's like balloons or coins, pick one. Like you don't get both. I feel like you don't get both, you know, it's like, we've all known people that pass away. And like, I sometimes don't get anything from the people that passes me away. And like, if I ever pass away, am I supposed to be leaving people signals and signs and like, oh, you know, like, oh, Ryan always leaves me a nice little fart, you know, or like if somebody toots, they're like, ah, oh, Ryan, Ryan's in our presence right now. <laughs> um, so we're at Dorinda's, uh, uh, no, no, Sonia's showing Ramona her new carpet, lets us know she's going to sell her townhouse. She wants to be footloose and fancy free and doesn't want to be house heavy. And I'm not even apartment heavy, you guys. I'm not nothing heavy. Like, you know, Sonia's in a good place. Um, also, I got to say, I love that I don't know anything really about Sonia's daughter. I saw a picture of her this week and she was gorgeous. Like, really looks and like goes to a good college. And like, I really appreciate that about Sonia is that we don't know a lot about her, that she kind of doesn't parade her around like you know I, I really appreciate that I think that shows Sonia being a really great mom um Sonia is ready for a place just for her she wants a garden a bathtub a four-corner bed uh Ramona now is posing on the carpet like she's like literally lying horizontally and it's like I wouldn't want Ramona and her butt anywhere near carpet like I, I would be like no 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 get up get up get up get up like it's literally like let me put newspapers down and then you can roll around and try to be funny uh now we're at a scene with Leah Bunny and Kiki Leah's daughter and Bunny of course Leah's mom they're going to to actually to build gingerbread houses very cute at a place called Abigail's Kitchen uh Leah says she's going into the holidays feeling very grateful and very tired um Bunny's like, how excited are you for Jamaica? Remember, she does a yearly trip with her daughter to Jamaica. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm so bad at accents. Uh, some guy that's building gingerbread houses pipes up about paragliding. I don't know. Uh, uh, Leah tells Kiki that Bunny gave an Oscar-winning speech at the 15th anniversary Married to the Mob Party, and Jess Rothschild, who was on part one, said Bunny's speech was very moving. Um uh, you know, and then we find out that Bunny um, says, uh, Bunny told Leah, Leah goes, well, you told me to go to hell the other day. And Bunny goes, what did you tell me? And she goes to fuck off. And Leah lets us know that she's going to work on being more mature around her mom. I got to say, Leah, to me, Leah says baby steps instead of giant leaps. And I 
personally, I found the, the best things happen when I take giant steps that lead to something better, you know? Uh, always, always the way to go. I really like the relationship between the three of these ladies, and uh, I think sometimes it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb sore thumb in, in comparison to the other ladies, you know? It, it kind of seems more real, and that vibe kind of sticks out a little bit, especially in this season. Um, so that... Uh, that oh so then we find out that Leah and her sister no we're in a car with Leah and her sister and their friend um, and they're going to f Mary kill we find out Ramona backed out that day Leah says she gets the feeling the ladies are very sick of cabaret Dorinda's not going to be there either and I love the fact that Luann takes us so seriously they're workshopping the show and if you want the experience of what it was like to be there. Like, once again, go to the Jess Rothschild interview in part one of this. She talks all about it because she was there at the workshop performance. Uh, they say they are so close to having this done. Mary F. Kill. I love that they open just a regular side door and Luann comes in. Could Luann hit Broadway someday? Could Luann do Countess Luann and Friends on Broadway? I wonder. I wonder. Um, Luann goes, I always get asked who, who F. Mary Kill. I always get asked that. Um, based on sex and relationships and all of those funny things I never really talk about. <laughs> She's like a Catskills comedian. She's like, ha ha, rim shot, cha cha. Um, I'd love her to do more crowd work though. Of like, hey, can I get can I get a, an audience member up on stage? Huh? Where are you from? Arizona? I <laughs> uh, hear it's very hot. Hot like what's in my pants. Oh, you know, like something like that. That's just off the top of my head. So that's not like the best work, but that's. You get the vibe that I'm I'm going for. Um, Sonia says she's trying to refresh the cabaret, but the material is getting old, Sonia's saying, in regards to Luann. Um, and then uh, I just love, I love that Sonia thinks deep down she is the best performer, and she might be, but I love the quiet confidence that Sonia has in it. Um, there's something that gets brought about like, Harry Dubin, why are we always talking about Harry Dubin? And then, uh, well, I guess I'd kill Harry Dubin. And then Sonia goes, don't kill him, Lou. And Sonia, uh, in a talking head, says, I'm impromptu, so I don't have to have shtick. I'm new all the time. <laughs> so uh, Sonia gets up there for her bit, and um, we get F. Mary kill Dorinda, Ramona, or Tinsley uh, are the options. And Sonia goes, kill, kill Ramona. And then she goes, Tinsley is unfuckable. Maybe I'll marry her after the first divorce. I mean, second divorce. Uh, and then she goes, I'll fuck Dorinda. Maybe she's a, uh, maybe she's an undercover, like, lover. Maybe she's amazing. Sonia says, some of us have slept with everyone. I mean, Sonia's just being Sonia here. It was great. Uh, how long was this? I was like, is this three hours? It was only one hour, I find out, from Jess. Leah says, it was a treat to see Luann's Cabaret, and it's like, Leah, talk to me in three seasons and still let me know if it's a treat. Leah says she's happy Ramona wasn't there so she can chew gum and show her vagina. There you go, Leah, making small steps into giant leaps. Sonia says she feels very self-conscious because she's let herself go, she says. She goes, Leah, I need you to take me to work out. I need to focus on my health. And uh, she's saying this, of course, with a huge glass of champagne in her hand. 
And Leah goes, hey, no problem. What about the Mind Body app? And this is when I realize I'm sitting through a commercial because Leah actually takes her phone out and starts showing Sonia how to work the fucking app. And I'm like, wait a sec. Can't you do this on your own time? This is my show time. I don't, it's like, I'm not going to ask you to like read the iTunes confidentiality agreement and hit accept. Like what is going on? Like, I feel like I should get money every time they do stuff like this. Like, why are we, it's like, we're taking time away from the show for Leah to give you a demonstration on how to use an app. And obviously you're getting paid for it. Like, this is so weird to me. And it's just, it, cause it just, it's, it lasts longer than it should. And I always get fooled at first going like, oh, we, okay, cool. And then I'm like, what? Why are we, who, what's a, huh? Uh, if this is the future of commercials, I don't want it. You can keep it. Um, Luke now is in Dorinda's closet next scene to help her dress for the drag queen party. Luann getting ready. Uh, we see an amazing cinematic shot of a huge statement necklace lying on the bed. The camera is by the bed. You catch the necklace and you see Luann in the bathroom. That's a, an amazing shot. Like that's artistic. You guys, you're not going to get that from normal shows. That's real housewives in New York, baby. Um, Leah is talking to Rob on FaceTime. Uh, she, he has Kiki tonight and going to be cooking one of her favorite pasta dishes. And Leah goes, you better work. You better take care of kids. It's almost 2020. This is how it goes now, which is another cryptic thing about 2020. I hate when 2020 gets said now in a show. It immediately makes me realize that I'm in 2020, (laughs) you know? Um, also a little confusion. I like Rob a lot. I just don't want Leah ever with Rob again. It's like he had his chance. Now it's time to get with a hero and ditch the zero. No, but a lot of people like Rob. And I got to say, I like Rob too. He seems like a really good guy and a good father and a good friend to Leah. And I'm going to let Leah still have Rob in her life when we get married. Cause you know, that's, that's family. Now Rob's my family as well. So I fully approve of Rob. You guys, for everybody that's messaging me, I do like Rob. Just don't want them together. That's it. Um, Ramona is getting ready. She's shaking her boobs in her dress. I get nervous. Once again, I know I get nervous when Ramona shakes. It's like, girl, we don't know what's going to fly out when you're shaking. You know what I'm saying? Like, stay still. Stay still, Ramona. Nothing, nothing bad happens if you stay still. Um, so now we're at Sonia's drag queen bingo party. All the drag queens are walking in. They're shirtless men. One of the drag queens is named Sahorny Beaver. Amazing. Come on. It's a horny beaver. That's amazing, you guys. You not appreciate how good that is? It's a horny beaver. God, I love... I love double entendres. Um, They're raising money for GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian uh, Alliance. Uh, Another drag queen's name is Giselle Amor. I love that. Um, Somebody says, are these drag queens or housewives? I wasn't sure if you were Luann. She's a tall woman. Oh, Sonia says that. Sonia says, are these drag queens or housewives? I wasn't sure if you were Luann. She's a tall woman, too. <laughs> Dorinda comes in, and she's in a her turban headdress, and she comes in, and she goes, yeah! Like, she comes in, like, scary. Like, she's like, ha-ha! Like, just jumps out. It's like, yeah! And it's a sparkly turban, and it's like, it's like a, a horror movie with, like, glitter. I don't know. Um, Dorinda says, I have half of these clothes in my closet. Uh, looking at all the drag queens, Leah is in a beautiful purple dress. I I heard some people making fun of this dress and I don't know why I loved it. I thought it was very pretty, but I guess Leah can do no wrong in my eyes. 
Uh, Luann comes in wearing a big, I think it's like a sparkly policeman's hat. Like she looks like somebody from the village people kind of, but like, but Luann like, um, Sonia lets us know that Sangria is very drinkable. Um, uh, we meet Leah's friend, Elcio, this, uh, uh, dude that she's with. He seems nice. Oh, we find out that Leah is wearing her homecoming dress from 1995, uh, a Patricia Fields classic, but she's wearing them with Adidas, which I was just like, man, I, that's amazing, Leah. Stop being perfect. Uh, Desmond Child is there, of course. Desmond is a trip. Uh, I love this party. That um, I love these parties, but no one really seems, I mean, there seems to be a lot of people, but it's not like packed to the gills. It's like a housewives party, you know? They're not fully... A, you know, they don't pack it out because they want to get camera angles and stuff like that. Uh, Ramona and <laughs> Ramona and Ron walk in. Now, Ron is a trip, you guys. Ron has been with Ramona a couple times this season. One uh, is the Halloween episode where he just looked like a monstrous man. <clears throat> and he, you know, it's it's weird. It's weird. Ron's a real creepy guy, guys. He's a real creepy guy. He just looks like a guy named Ron, you know? Like, he looks like a Ron. Um, Sonia says, what are you doing strolling in with a straight guy at Bingo? And we find out Ron is funny. He likes to flirt. And then Ramona goes, I'm not interested in him, just as a guy friend. And and Sonia goes, this is why I don't invite Ramona. Read the invite, bitch. And Ramona's like, what? Ron... Ron is like, you know, like, hey, read, read the attachment. It's in there. The attachment. And Ron goes, I don't, I don't read attachments. I got to put it in the subject line. Um, we find out that uh, Ron made out six years ago at Boutique, I think with Sonia. Luann is delighted to see Ron. At least it wasn't about in, oh, Luann is delighted to see Ron. At least it wasn't Missy, she says. Uh, Missy, of course, being uh, her ex's Tom's ex. So that's great. Um, Ramona asks Luann and Sonia. Luann's like, uh, did you steal her jokes at the show in regards to Luann's show? Like, did you steal Sonia's joke? Um, and it's like, oh, Sonia. Luann says no. And, and Ramona goes, Sonia stole that joke. And then Sonia goes, you can have that joke. It's a really fascinating look behind the creative process. Uh when you you want someone to come to the show in the header, say, please come to my show. That's once again with Ramona with the attachment. Ramona never will admit she made a mistake. So it's always something that, that the other person didn't do. Like, oh, you should have put that in an attachment. Um, Ramona is still fiddling with her phone, um, trying to like prove that she didn't get this email or whatever. Ron goes to Leah, you're so quiet. What's going on? Leah goes, oh... And I'm talking it. I know a little bit about Ron. He gets horny at two in the afternoon, and then we find find out that like Ron was like hitting on Leah's friend or made out with Leah's friend or something. And it's like ooh. And and Leah goes, "Are you and Ramona dating?" And he goes, "No, no, she's she's my friend." And and Leah goes, "So it's platonic?" And he goes, "Super platonic, super platonic." And I and Leah goes, I can tell he's the type of guy that wants to bang 25-year-olds. And Ramona likes straight male energy, Leah points out. Um, and so then Leah goes, asks Ramona, so are you guys just friends? 
she goes, yeah, 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 just friends. It's it's better that way. Uh, and then Leah goes, yeah, but you're looking for a guy that you can be. And Ramona cuts her off and goes, yeah, yeah, but he, he he's not going to be for me. But they've got to be boning. They've got, Ramona is such an undercover boner. Like, she's one of those people that does have sex with a lot of people, and that's nothing wrong with it, and she just doesn't talk about it, which is also nothing wrong with it. But I love she then trots him out at parties and acts like she doesn't. So it's really interesting. Um, and Ramona... Ramona says, I got some things in the oven. I got some stuff going on. Ron says, uh, oh, I see what you're doing there. You're looking for the green light, which he was like referring to. He's like, oh, Leah was asking if we're friends, if we're hooking up so she can hook up with me. And <laughs> Leah goes, don't flatter yourself. You're crazy. She goes, actually, I love being single. Ron goes, there's nothing wrong with being single, but people need to have a friend. And Leah goes, friends with benefits? And he goes, you're at your prime right now. I can make you shine. And Leah goes, okay, thank you, Ron. And Ron, seriously, this is from So Bad It's Good Nation. Step the fuck off. Step, step, hey, back the fuck off, Ron. She's spoken for, Ron. How dare you? Ron, back the fuck up before you get smacked the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Ron, two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the ground. How about that, Ron? How do we like them apples, Ron? You've been warned, Ron. You've been warned, bro. Ugh. So angry at Ron. Um, so that happens. Leah's face is just when she when Ron says that. It's just she goes, it just goes to show you how many how much shit women have to put up with in terms of guys hitting on them. And you can just tell like they're just you ladies are used to it at a certain point. Because it's like, you're not even shocked. You're just like, oh, God. Disgusting. Ugh. Um, also, Leah does a talking head where she does one of those faces with, like, one eye closed and her tongue out. And she looks like that emoji with the one eye closed and the tongue out. Do girls practice? This is my question for the ladies this week. Do girls practice making faces in the mirror? Like, I see a lot of girls on Instagram making that, like, you know, that tongue out pose you know like oh like all their photos are like with their eyes closed and their tongue out do girls practice what looks like the best for photos and stuff i don't know it just seems like like are you guys always trying on new like face looks i don't know i'm getting tired i don't know um sonia uh, and Ramona are doing a fight about not bringing people. They always do their little bit. You know, it's like the old razzle-dazzle, get old Sonia and Ramona bickering in a fun way. Uh, Ron, at this point, comes up to Leah and scares her again. Uh, Dorinda uh, says, I've learned to have a very specific smile on my face at this. Um, it's great. Bingo is starting, you guys. Bingo is starting, um, which is just very fun. Dorinda is very serious about bingo. Our first blue ball of the night. Shout out to Dorinda gets it. Screams yes three times. Dorinda gets it again. Screams yes. She is very competitive at bingo. Uh, Dorinda goes, part of winning is winning in your mind first. I, it's amazing, Dorinda. Part of winning is winning in your mind. That's really true, but like to really put that philosophy towards bingo is just wild. Uh, Ram Ramona hears 69 and Ramona goes, I like 69. I like, I want it. I just like the way 69 looks. You have the six this way, the nine that way. It's very graphically pretty. It's not graphically pretty, Ramona. It's literally, I mean, we all know what the sexy term of that is. And by the way, 
at what age do you stop doing 69? It's got to be a very young age. Like, you're not... I mean, it's putting your head in somebody else's private while their head is in your private. And that's just a lot past a certain age. That's a lot to ask of somebody. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, like, concentrating and just... I, you know, it's very, it's like, I think somebody started a rumor about 69 and then only, and then just kids are like, oh, I hear that's an actual part of sex. So they try it. And then you grow up past a certain, and by the way, I want to apologize for all the people that love 69. and think it's like amazing. It's like their, their number one thing to do. I, you know, it takes all kinds, but just my thoughts on 69. Um, Sonia introduces Luann to sing Viva La Diva. Um, and she's going to share it with us tonight. It's just funny to watch Luann trudge up on stage for these things. Like, hey, here we go, everybody. Like, she really, like, I fear, like, she'll be opening, like, you know, Countess Luann at the new location of Chipotle in Dayton, Ohio. And she'll come out and she'll be like, Viva la Chipotle. Like, she'll just show up to things and, like, sing one song and then just collect her $500 and out of there. Um, Luann goes, all you queens are looking fabulous tonight. I had the luck and the privilege to work with Desmond Child. This is just a preview for you guys. And I got to imagine Desmond Child is like, how the fuck did I get here? How did I get here? Um, once upon this time, uh, she goes, once upon this time, a woman walked two steps behind. And Dorinda goes, at least it's not happy birthday. Uh, Leah's trying to dance. I feel so much secondhand embarrassment for everybody in this because everybody's Everybody knows it's like towards the end of the season. So it's just really people are just trudging, trudging along. And now we're at that point of the show where we start to see the wrap ups where they, they put on the screen like the the verbiage of what each character is working on and gone through. And it's very, very exciting. But at the same time, sad because we're like, oh, my God, the season is over. So it starts with Luann because she's up there singing, of course, and Luann goes, I've gone through so much and now I'm here. I respect every single day. Every single day is a gift. And then we find out in the writing that she's focusing on her memoir and that she sold her round house. Good move, Luann. Luann, hats off. You had an amazing season. And that was including like her. She even started drinking again and she handled it well, I thought. So hats off to Lou this season. And then, uh, I mean, we're, we're nearing something very tragic. So uh, Dorinda is the next one. Dorinda also is working on a new book called Making It Nice, Making It Through. And her, and her uh, thing, it says she won't be wearing Giovanni. It kind of shits on Dorinda a little bit. Uh, then Leah looks like she's smelling in her, her armpit in her frozen fo- uh, picture. And in the talking head, she said she's grown so much. Uh, she has a newfound... A respect for the Upper East Side because of these ladies, and she's ready for a relationship. And then in her writing, it says, Leah quit drinking. She may not always be liked, but she'll always be loved. And it's like, what do you mean? She'll be liked and loved. Um, that was a really nice one. She got a really nice one. Uh, great first season, uh, Leah. Uh, Sonia has lined up her ducks. She says, fight the fight, never play the victim. Uh, we find out that Sonia's townhouse has no bitters, and she took it off the market. Um, and then it, it says her own facelift has been much more successful. And it's like, damn, bravo. Shade. Uh, Ramona says, I feel so good. I uh, maintain 50 friendships while social. And then in the writing, it says maintaining 50 friendships while social distancing has kept Ramona busy. She's finally settled into her new building. She's moved on to higher and more Instagrammable views. 
Um, okay. And then it says, we're not sex in the city or Abfab. We are our fucking selves. Leah says, I just want to thank Tinsley for introducing me all to you. And then there's a record scratch. And Dorinda's like, no, no. Sorry, are you fucking kidding me? And Dorinda, like, literally starts losing her shit. And it's like, oh, no. What? Oh, my God. Dorinda's like, no, no, no. And Leah's like, what? I I, I just thought, and she's like, Tinsley almost ruined our show. I will not be a party to that. She breached her contract. And this is when we see the cameras. We see that Dorinda's kind of drunk. Dorinda goes, I'm a principled, principled person. Dorinda's pointing uh, really pointing her finger, and Luann goes, that hand is sure working now, and Dorinda goes, it's sore, and you should be more appreciative. Um, and it's just crazy. Ramona just literally walks out with Ron. She, like, anything, things start to heat up. She's like, I'm out. Then Leah, Lu- Leah and Luann are talking while Dorinda and Sonia are talking, and Dorinda's like, we don't want that bitch's name mentioned. Luann goes, there's a lot of pain going on right there. She could have come to my show. She didn't want to come to my show. Uh, classic Luann trying to bring it to back to her in some way. But I get what she's saying. Dorinda leaves. Happy fucking holidays. Uh, that's it. Like she, Dorinda lost her shit. And that's how this show put her out. They put her out by just letting her go shit can on Dorinda. So we see the preview for this next week, this uh, upcoming Thursday. Uh, the, the part one of the reunion, it's an in-person reunion and it looks really good. Tinsley's there. Uh, Ramona is fighting with Dorinda. Like, I mean, it just looks really good. So I'm really excited to see how that comes off. Um, uh, but yeah, that was the recap of Real Housewives of New York. If you guys want more recaps, go over to the Patreon. I think it's five bucks a month and you'll get access to everything that's on there already. Full recaps of Selling Sunset, NYC Prep, and then of course these shows. So Give it a chance if you want. It'll it'll really help. And uh, yeah, uh, so that was the full recap. And now, you guys, uh, I'm really happy uh, to introduce you guys to my next guest. She used to have a Housewives podcast herself called The Housewives Kiki Show um, with uh, her and her two other co-hosts. But she is an actor, and she seems like a really brilliant actor, actually. Um, if you go to her Instagram, it's it's really, really cool. Uh, let me pull that up right now so we can, I'll put this on the the show notes as well, you guys. So go there, but it's J2THAJOY. Her name is Jessica Joy and she's an actor, performer. It seems like she's a jack of all trades, a really nice, amazing person, but also insanely creative. Uh, she and her partner, Kyle, um, they did uh, a piece called all about Denise I talked about it before, but it pretty much is just taking the last scene with Lisa Rinna and Denise uh, Richards, and they make it into a film noir, which you'll try to hear me say noir, and it's such a hard word for me, but they just do it in such a creative way. Uh, Let me play a clip for you guys, just so you understand what I'm talking about. There are other things that I dealt with, uh, things that I am dealing with. I don't even want to say what I'm dealing with, but, but, but they are dealt with. So you set the cease and desist? You want the footage taken out? Who told you that? Who told you that? Oof. You're so angry. Denise, you are 
I mean, you got to see it to see the visual aspect of it because they're he's Denise is smoking a cigarette. It's black and white. The music it's just it's perfect. So go take a look at it. I think it's really something special. But also, uh, what a great person to talk to. Um, she is going to come back on the pod to do a recap uh, in a couple weeks. Her name is Jessica's Joy. Uh, I really strongly suggest you go check out what she is doing. Really cool stuff. So here is my interview with Jessica. You guys are probably sick of me telling you how much I enjoy Instagram, how much I enjoy Twitter, even though Twitter can be a hellscape at times, but it actually leads you to meeting really, really funny and talented people. And we have one of those people here today. Uh, She was part of something that made me not only laugh hysterically, but also I just thought it was such a great, interesting take on these Bravo shows that we know and love. And it made me feel probably a little less bad because to me, I consider things like this pieces of art, which she just laughed at me for saying that beforehand. But today uh, we have Jessica Joy. She did a piece called All About Denise, which literally put the Denise Richards and Lisa Rinna, that final climactic scene of this season's uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finale. She did that with her friend in a Noyar. How do you say Noyar? Noyar? I can never say Noir. Noir. Thank you. Noir. Jessica Joy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Long time listener. Well, I mean, for I guess since the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's a that's interesting about I didn't realize that we were still in a pandemic. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so you guys, I just really have to say, go watch this. It is on her Instagram page, which is J two T H A J O Y, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's it's about like I think a five minute scene. But it does it so well in the style that I, I mean, it's, I'm guessing all about Denise is like all about Eve, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But it, it's so stylized and perfect. And the commitment to these characters that uses the exact same dialogue as the Rinna, uh, Rinna Denise scene. So what, what, what came, like who, and who is your partner in this? Oh, it's my friend, Kyle, Kyle Tristan Chua. He's, um, I work with him and he is, uh, he is a very prolific photographer, videographer, editor, and actor. So I have been taking real advantage of that. And he's also um, a newbie to loving the housewives, specifically Beverly Hills. So the other day I took him, I said, let's just take a drive. Since you're news, so I'm going to, let's drive around West Hollywood and I'm going to show you all the sites. Oh, you showed him all the landmarks? Did you <laughs> yes. show him the circuit? Did you see Sir? Yes. And, oh, wow. The circuit, yeah. So we parked at Sir and then we walked around. Um, we saw Pump, we saw Tom Tom. Um, Did you go in the alleyway? Clothes. Did you go in the alleyway of oh, Sir? fuck. No, I forgot to do that. We have to go back. Oh, you got, because um, you got to get a fight with him back there so to yeah. recreate some dramatic amazing moments but we did go and eat at buco de beppo too and in encino the room. yes 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 oh what a good <laughs> yeah. feeling i mean what an amazing and so you what i talk about that in this week's show is eating on the um you know, pretty much eating on the entrance patio where you uh-huh. walk in, where like people like go and smoke and wait for to you know older people wait to be picked up in their cars, and it's like uh-huh. it's very magical. I hope you guys <laughs> thought so as well. It's magical. It's too hot. It's great. Um, we didn't even have a server. We just got takeout and sat outside because there was. She said there weren't any servers, which I am a server, so I actually appreciate that yeah. because it's really annoying when people go out to eat right now, especially the ones who are like. 
like still complaining about stupid stuff. And every time I want to be like, uh, also, there is a pandemic <laughs> and I'm, I'm dressed in a hazmat suit. But yes, of course, I'll get you some more ice. I'm yeah. so sorry that melted. Um, but yeah, we went to the Dorit room. We took some pictures there. And then um, he's always looking to film things and do little projects. He, we love to do a photo shoot. We also did a recreation of him coming out of the pool, like Denise Richards in Wild Things. That's on my Instagram, too, I think. Um, so he's always down for, like, stupid shit. And I just had this moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh. This because that scene means so much to me. It's my favorite thing I've seen on the it, Housewives. It really is, it, it, yeah. And it's one that, like, I know it just came out a couple of weeks ago, but it really holds up every time you watch it. It gives you yeah. something new. It's like an onion. There's so many layers to it, and it is just like because I loved how, like, in your scene, it really breaks down. It really makes you pay closer attention to the dialogue, and yeah. the dialogue is really amazing, especially in. And I know this makes me sound insane, but you folks are, that listen are insane too. But when she goes, uh, and when you go, uh, how how did you how did you find out about that? How did you? Oh, and then, and who told you? Who that? told you that? And then she <laughs> says it again. Who told you that? And I think, you know, I come like I said, I come from a theater background, as do you, and we really were. It was driven into me to pay attention to the written word, you know, to pay attention to the dialogue because that's the roadmap that gives you everything you need. And when you see it stylized in a different version, it makes it even that much more powerful. And that's why I really loved it because it just those things just stood out of like two people having this conversation and then you guys adding this insane drama on a dramatic scene made it so good. It's also it. it it's weird because it wasn't and when we filmed it and I watched it, I'm like, okay. And we tagged, um, we tagged Denise, we tagged Rinna. Um, and Rinna has always looked at my stories. If I posted, I think that's just her. Yeah. Um, Rinna's very on top of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And she's reposted me before, but it's usually when I'm like pushing her fucking joggers, um, which I have a pair of, but they're very comfortable. Uh, but she she looked at it and she didn't say anything. And it was then that I realized, oh, I I thought it was pretty it was pretty like unbiased. I mean, I am team Denise through and through. But the the, the piece, as you say, um, is seems pretty like cut and dry. But I, then I realized like, oh, my gosh, it really does make it stand out even more what a villain Rinna is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, is that it? If we're to believe, and I believe in this, there are certain realistic elements to these shows, of course, mm -hmm. then when you see this back and when you remove it even further away from Rena and see somebody else do it, it's so it's so clear as day. And that's what I was even arguing about with my guests last week about Team Denise and Team Lisa yeah. is that I'm not even that huge of a on Denise's team. I just thought Rena was so uh, gallantly a villain that it, it, it was so easy to see that I can't like that's why I think Rinna's kind of and especially because she really pays attention to social media I have to imagine this has hurt her ego a hair not your scene but just all the just in general everything in yeah. general I mean I really hope so because it's uh, the from the very beginning I mean we could talk about uh, this is my favorite thing to talk about is uh oh wait wait guys by the way also she used to have a housewives podcast called The Housewives Kiki Show. Yes. Um, and you can find that still on Twitter. Is it just at The Housewives Kiki? or? Yeah, it's at Housewives Kiki on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on iTunes, Real Housewives Kiki Show. I do it with my friends Emily and Mary. Mary Sohn, who's on AP Bio, streaming on Peacock. Oh, God. Stars now. 
Um, it's a really funny show. Um, and we we did a couple episodes in the pandemic. We're we're so technically challenged too. So it's really yeah. So we have a couple episodes um, recently that you can listen to. Um, but that yeah, we haven't gotten together to really talk about all of this. Well, so good. I'm, I'm going to steal steal it from them for a second. <laughs> so wait. So what were you about to say? We were said talking about Rena and during the oh, like just this whole season. Now I was a Denise Stan as far as uh, you know as her first season i loved her immediately the moment that she came out onto that balcony i think they were in the bahamas or wherever they were everyone's dressed in full glam and she comes out in her like jeans yeah. with crystal her, her boot cut like, jeans and her yeah. yeah they're having foie gras and she's like i just want some fries you know? <laughs> um, she's she's the best and dropped it gorgeous is one of my favorite comedies it's so good and she's so brilliant in it um, so I've always been team Denise. That's, that's true. But I, I loved Rinna too. But then this season from like the very start of this season, it just seemed like, okay, there is like, I love the psychology of these shows. That's why I watch yeah. them. Um, like clearly there is something going on. They don't like Denise. That's, and that's the end of the story. So now what we're watching is them throwing all of these things at the wall to see what sticks yeah. to either get rid of her or take her down a peg. I'm still unclear about what it is they are really mad at her about. Could it be that she's getting paid more? Could it be that she's trying to edit herself? I, I don't know what it really is, but it's all so it's, like, it's, it's so clear. It's so obvious. And then even when, uh, you know, I'm sure you watched the reunion a couple times like I did, but like the yeah. Erica Jane jumping in on it on like motherfucker I'm out like what like like where what is happening like why are we this I mean their anger makes me angry but like because I just I feel like I'm missing a huge piece of the puzzle and like somebody's not telling me something and it's not just the brandy sleep I don't care that Denise slept with brandy I don't care I don't and also I don't care that Denise doesn't want to tell us like yeah. stuff like that can be private. I'm totally cool with that. Like I'm not gonna like. She shouldn't have to because it happened off season with someone who isn't on the show. I mean, if so, it's the it's everything that they're coming at Denise for. We could come at them ten times over. So like, let's talk about Rina. What did you do in the off season? What weird things do you and Harry do or not do in your private home? It's not on the show, but now apparently everything's fair game. So let's start digging up shit. See, get that's Dave the thing Watt I don't understand. And, like, yeah, that's the thing I don't understand is that also it's like, I think it really becomes, shines a light on a lot of these people do not have stories of their own. And so that's what we saw is this, you know, I, I it felt like, in theater, you'll be given a note by a director and then they'll people like will overdo that note. We'll yeah. be like, hey, guys, Erica Jane, I need you to be a little bit more present this season. And like she was like there. She was like at the first. She's like, I'm taking you to Shakers. This is where I used to strip. This is this, yeah. you know, and I felt like that with they all got like a little little bit and they just all just ran for it as hard as they can and didn't relent. The story would try to go away. They'd pull it back like I just and that's why I think it made people team Denise because we get, you know, they don't, they're in it. So they don't get to see it. They think this was amazing on their end. I think they think they had the right, like, I think Rinna thinks she was a hero, you know? It's, I I think it's amazing too, that the whole season, yeah, clearly they thought one thing was happening and then it started airing and then Twitter started weighing in and they realized, Oh shit, 
we yeah, yeah. nobody is buying this. It's like, um, have you ever read the book? Uh, so you've been publicly shamed. It like no, deep dives it's into... actually it's weirdly that's on my uh, Amazon wish list actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It tells the backstory of when people have been publicly shamed and what happens after. So it tells that story of remember the girl who tweeted something about getting AIDS yes, in Africa. The, yes, and yeah. by the way, time she like got off the yeah. plane. Yeah. So it's like they film the season. They say Denise sucks. The the plane takes off, and then as they're on the plane and don't have cell service, everyone on Twitter is like, "Oh wait, no, 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 we're not on your side." And then they land, and they're like, "Wait a second, everyone's team Denise." Um, so I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. I I don't know that it's fully setting in for them. And I kind of after the first reunion, I was kind of hoping to see more from Andy, like. I, it seems like the producers and Bravo still also seem to be on their side with, with the things that we've said here. The uh, heard the um, producers say during this fourth wall breaking. That's and what stuff. I'm saying. That's what I said in the podcast. I said. I said. I love that. I'm like about to have a heart attack. I said that. I said. I said <laughs> the producers are literally leading Garcelle of like, wow, Denise isn't here. That's pretty lame of Denise. Like, producers are supposed to not do that. They're supposed to like tell people to show up and not tell you how to feel about things and not, you know, you're, you're not supposed to affect the overall product. And I feel the producers hated Denise as well. A lot of the times are yeah. really banked on that storyline. So but, what is going on? Well, I'm worried. Like the, the part one of the reunion I really liked in terms of like outrage. I was out, you know, like it made me feel all the emotions like anger and all that stuff. But I wonder what part two and part three does. Like, I mean, I don't, where do they go from here? I know Brandy's not on it, but supposedly there was a Brandy interview. Do do we get to see Aaron? Kyle just texted me the other day to say that Brandy is supposed to be on Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday at 10. So is that the, is that the sit down, the one-on-one? No, because I thought if I was, if I'm correct, I thought Brandy said she filmed a interview with Andy. I thought that was like, and she referred to that um, weeks or months ago. Yeah. So I thought that already happened. I could be wrong, but I don't think I think that would be I think that wouldn't be good if they didn't acknowledge it in that and and cut to her at some point. You know, I think that will be because I feel like we've covered so many of the issues already in part one that I'm like, how do we drag this out? I hope we get to see the husbands. I hope Aaron gets involved. I I mean, I love I mean, I'm team Denise even with Aaron involved, which says a lot. I know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I definitely look past a lot of him. But he's, I mean, he's a simple man. I think she is a simple wait, woman. Wait, wait, wait. Is he a simple man? Like, is he a simple man? Can you be a simple man if you're talking about 5G towers and like... Yes, well, yes, you can. Have you ever oh. seen the show Unwell or Afflicted on uh, Netflix? <laughs> Two of my favorites. Um, just people looking for answers in a crazy world. He and really is looking for answers. He's a little he's, too far. Well, that's what I'm saying. Imagine... Like the the bed Denise has made for herself. Like she thought this was an amazing paycheck, which which it is. She didn't realize they were going to come for her. Like I think you could literally see moments during this season where she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like yeah. I I thought this was not going to be like this at all. People but are like, "I love that. I love that." She's like turned it on its head a little bit. That's what I love about this Rina scene, uh, Rina Denise scene so much too. Is it's kind of like we've got all this social unrest happening perfectly timed with when this is airing and so for me i'm putting this extra layer of like we we being denise we being the audience we being normal people like we don't want to see this shit anymore so denise come in here call her out on her bullshit and say show or no show like we had a 20-year relationship and you threw it all under the bus for this fucking reality show like 
let's talk about it. That's that's what I want to watch. Did you ever see the um, show Unreal? Uh, you know, that was one about the making of The Bachelor or a Bachelor yeah. type show. I haven't seen it, but everybody says, like, if you want to know, like, behind the scenes stuff, like, that's an yeah. amazing show. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we saw production. Like, I love the thought of breaking the fourth wall and production being involved. But then go further with that. That I think really is the future of all of these shows is, like, show us exactly how show us. Talk about everything. Talk about the social media aspect. Talk about, like, because even, like. In the reunion, when Kyle said, "Oh, Garcelle, by the way, I still haven't gotten your five thousand dollars from the," oh, I want you know that—that's Kyle thinking she's doing a sly move, and she's going to be like, "Really, I got you." And then, in a sense, then it like turns back on Kyle of like, "Kyle, what are you doing?" Like that's almost like bizarrely so horrible. Gross. Like, and I think these people when they try to edit their own stories and and really push their own storylines it really messes everything up. I mean, it's good. It's fun for the viewer because I, I feel like the viewers, like I say, every week keep getting smarter and smarter. So we see these like chess moves, but some of them just can't come up like checkers. It's like, this is easy. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Oh, well, again, it's like, it's the pandemic. It's 2020. It's, we're all so fucking fed up with everything that we <laughs> now, it's now like well, the, leaking onto our house. Well, the pop like, culture, it's eating itself. It's all yeah. eating itself, you know? Um, it kind of, it creates like a, a divide between the OGs and the new people. Uh, do you watch Selling Sunset too? Uh, of course I do. Yes. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I, li- I like quality work. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, I kind of feel the same. Like Denise and Chriselle feel like the same person. To, that's how you say her name, right? Chriselle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they feel like the same person to me. They are two people who are just trying to be genuine who are just trying to actually be open and vulnerable and they're surrounded by people who are totally producing themselves and have this image. Like everybody else on Selling Sunset is on that show because they want to eventually start doing sponsored ads on Instagram. For Shell, like clearly just like wanted to take this gig. The same thing with Denise. She doesn't need it. So she's actually coming into that, the, the show being herself and it's thrown everybody off because nobody else is being themselves. So they see her coming in and being just so easy breezy and so comfortable in herself and so booked and blessed her and Garcelle both. They don't need this show and it's just stressing everybody else out. They can't handle it because yeah. this show is their life and it's not. Oh, if so- Rina doesn't have this, I mean, I know she does qvc or something but like imagine reno without this show like it would be you know it's starting to bleed like you know how like when like on saturday night live they'll be like this cast member's been here 10 years you know and it feels like that with real housewives of like how long can um i guess what is the longest is it ramona on real housewives of new york she's like the longest og housewife at this point but it is like i consider it now like castmates to saturday night live like each season we get a couple new ones do they work out um, okay. So I, uh, okay. So then this scene happens. What is the creative element? Like how do walk people through with this scene? Like, how does that even like, are you in a conversation with Kyle and go like, Hey, I got an idea. Like, where does this, like, I want to do something creative. How does that come up? Yes. Let me just quickly talk you through my process. Yeah. Pretend um, this is inside the actor yeah. studio and. Um, let's see. Well, I got high and then I texted <laughs> Kyle. And okay, I that's said, all we needed. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's the end. I sat up in my bed and I literally was like, 
oh my God, let's do this scene as noir. And he's like, done. Tomorrow, tomorrow, done. And he transcribed it and he did all the other work. We filmed it at my um, my friends. If you go to at NoHo Artist Den on Instagram, my friends Tim and Rebecca have a self-tape studio yeah, yeah, in yeah. their garage that's amazing. So I do all my like self-tapes there. You can rent it out. Um, so we just called them up and did it and... No, I love it. I mean, I guys, I really strongly suggest really go go look at this thing. It is I think it's the next level on I just I we, we need things like this because I really like this community and stuff like that means so much to me and I we need things like this to kind of say like, "Oh, you can do all these kind of different things with this material, with this comedy, with this drama." Like uh so I really like hats off to you. I I really really struck me when I saw it that it, it was so neat and it just reminded me of what I love about creativity and, and also guys, when, when you're there at her Instagram page, uh, check out all the other stuff she does. She does a lot of, <laughs> I really enjoyed your, um, you did a really informative, um, uh, quarantine version of like how to do uh, dental clean, dental cleaning. <laughs> uh, and it was really informative for you guys, but I mean, that's, I don't know, you know, I've talked about this a lot too, is just being an actor and being uh, an acting teacher uh, out here and stuff is that you really, it's all about creating your own content, you know, and, and we don't really have the, we don't get to choose what we audition for. We just do these auditions. So, you know, we're lucky enough to be in a day and age where we have access to podcast mics, to really nice cameras, and we can actually create our own material. So, you know, really, you got to celebrate people like this that actually do that and do it well. So, you know, congrats to you and, and Kyle, because it really, no, I know you keep laughing, but I think thank this you. is. Thank you. I want to thank the Academy. No, well. you know what? I got to, I'm, I'm fine. dropped me last summer. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so scared. My commercial <laughs> agent's about to drop me. Um, <laughs> oh, but, but thank you. And thank you for sharing it. It's gotten like uh, the most views I think I've ever gotten on a video. I appreciate that. And I love the Bravo community so much. Everybody in it is, as Laura Marie Shane Hall says, are the smartest people. Like, only smart people like shows like Vanderpump Rules and Housewives. I, that truly is true. So No, I mean, it really, that's... I The the best people I've met are through uh, these kind of... The, the love of these shows, I've met really the smartest, funniest, uh, most caring people, which is so weird. Um, and of course, I've met a lot of assholes too, but, you know, mainly, <laughs> mainly the good ones. So, um, but Jessica, I want you to come back on in a couple of weeks, if you will, to really recap one, maybe even like the, the last reunion. So we can really, cause at this point, do the secrets revealed. Oh my God. Let's do that. Let's do secrets <laughs> revealed because, well, here's the deal. Like guys, I, I, the show's already so long and I, I, I can talk to Jessica now. I realize, Oh, I can talk to her for like four hours and I'm just not going to do that to Jessica or you guys, but I need you to come back on in a couple of weeks, if you will. Yes, of um, yes. but yeah, so, so your Instagram again is what? J, the number two, T-H-A-J-O-Y, J to the Joy. J to the Joy. That's where we can see the uh, the the, clip, the uh, scene that I'm talking about. You'll also probably, there'll be a link to uh, Kyle or his his Instagram as well. Oh, who, yeah. He's at Kyle Tristan Chua, I believe. But yeah, it's all linked in there. Okay. Um, yes. Okay, perfect. Oh, and, and tag, uh, tag, everybody tag Lisa Rinna in it because oh. I really want it to hurt. <laughs> just keep, and by, 
Guys, stop tagging Lisa Rinna in my post about Lisa Rinna. <laughs> I do feel bad at some point, so do not do that to me because she does get into arguments with people on my posts. So like, and that's like, I'm not even tagging her in there. And then she starts getting into oh, arguments she's with lurking. people. She's lurking. Well, she needs this so bad. And it makes me worried for her. Cause I just like, you've got such a beautiful life, Lisa. I hope, <laughs> I hope you appreciate yeah. Harry and Amelia Bedelia and, and the other, the other one. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Jessica, thank you so much for being here. And I will, uh, I will definitely talk to you in a couple weeks. Okay. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jessica Joy, I cannot wait to talk to her again. Uh, folks, that is the end of another show, another gargantuan show, part one and part two. Um, uh, if you want my thoughts on the Kardashians, those will be over on the Patreon. And of course, I'll talk about that in full next week as well. Uh, we're going to leave you here tonight with one of my favorite songs. It's uh, from a band called Eels, um, who is led by a singer that goes by the name of E. And their uh, debut album, Beautiful Freak, was one of my favorite albums when it came out as a kid. It just really, I think, a classic album, wall-to-wall, just great, great music. But this was their first single off the album, Novocaine for the Soul. And it's a little poppy, a little melancholy, um, and uh, I love it. So we'll leave you with Novocaine for the Soul. You guys know where to find me. Thank you so much for your support. Please, I'm all ears. Reach out to me if you need anything, okay? Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Life is hard, and so am I. You better give me something so I don't die. Okay.
Betches.